Hello, everybody. This is Joseph Hasek, and welcome to the Fired Up Network. Welcome to the flagship show of the Fired Up Network. And we got a great, great show for you tonight, but I'm going to reveal tomorrow we're going to do a Super Bowl spectacular where you'll have former three-time, three-time, three-time Super Bowl champion Randy Cross with the San Francisco 49ers, Drew Ebanks, um, Anthony Kay, plus Steve Carney, and many others. That's tomorrow, a Super Bowl spectacular. But I want to take this special opportunity, say belated happy birthday to myself, Daniel Spencer, Marty Roberts, all whose birthday was yesterday. But here is the biggest news of them all. Biggest news of them all in Fired Up Network history. We have partnered up with Whirl, W-U-R-L dot com. And this is a press release by Whirl. We are thrilled to welcome Fired Up Net as our latest syndication partner on Whirl Network. Check out the next edition of right now, what you're watching, Fired Up Live here on the Fired Up Network. And World is going to distribute Fired Up Network to over 300 million TVs. Yes, TVs. Part of the Fired Up Network also is FEM. We're going to begin this week's show with Courtney Riddell, the Renaissance Mama, here we go with Courtney. Hi, friends. I'm Courtney. I'm a performer, speaker, and a writer. I'm a mama to three crazy boys and a super sweet dog. I decided 12 years ago that I needed to create a business that worked for me instead of me working for it. I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur who may be considered a serial entrepreneur by some, but then I realized that all of my businesses focused on connection, community, and creating an incredible experience. I cannot wait to share with you how to make small but mighty changes in your life to affect your overall well-being and create a life and business you want to get up in the morning for. That's right, my friends. I am the Renaissance Mama. Hi friends, it's me, Courtney, the Renaissance Mama, and I am so excited to have you here today, and I want to let you know we are celebrating. Yes, we are. What are you celebrating? What are we celebrating? Well, let me tell you, I have officially turned 40. Trust me, if you asked me a year ago if I was going to announce that on a show and then publish it and share it with everybody, I don't know if I would have done that. I have always been a person that 40 has been a big milestone in my head. I think I might have built it up bigger than it actually was. My husband's a few years older than me and if you ask him, I was counting down the days when he was turning 40. I made it this huge big deal. We've always joked about like when I actually turn 40, what that's gonna look like. He actually called me yesterday, he was away, and he said, what's today? And I said, what is today? And he's like, the last day of your 30s. And like I said, if it was a year ago, 
I might have had a different feeling about it, but now I am welcoming it. I am pumped. I'm excited. I am so thrilled to share with you what I have learned the last year, that last year of my 30s and how ready I am to get into that next year, the next level, leveling up. I am so, so excited. So I don't know if you know this, but a year ago, this time when I turned 39, it was a huge aha moment in my life. I had really done a year of sort of, not soul searching, but I was really trying to figure out what my next steps were. I knew I was like so grateful for so many parts of my life, but there was this piece of me that was not quite fulfilled. I didn't know what my next moves were going to be. I just knew I needed to do something. So when I turned 39, I had this thought of like, wait a second, if I'm here at 39 and I think 40 is this magical moment or year or day or whatever it was in my head, I knew by the time I got to 40, I wouldn't be where I wanted to be. I felt like last year I was just waiting. I was waiting for this like big moment to happen. I was waiting for something to come along. I was waiting for that next part of my life. So last year, I finally invested some money in myself and y'all know how cheap I am. So that was a big, big step. I bought this course from my mentor, a course that I had been on the fence about for probably five, if not 10 years. It was huge. I finally invested in myself. I got clear on what I wanted to do. I started this show. This show was the big moment. I wanted to do something. So I started the show and things just kept growing and, and expanding from there. So 39, yes, it kicked me in the butt and it made me think, all right, what's, what's next? But it's funny. I was at an event the other day. It was this woman's event and it was all these women making changes in their lives. And I was there. Originally, I was going to do a talk. It was a very short talk, um, five to 10 minutes. So, you know, you can't jabber on too long like I sometimes do. But it was this talk and I was going to go on stage and I was going to tell them all about um, how to get comfortable on camera, how to, you know, use my musical theater background, how to make fun reels, all of that stuff, which I definitely could have done. But I was literally about to press live. I was pressing the button to go live. And I decided that's not the message I wanted to share today. I wanted to share with them how I made these changes, how at 39, I decided, wait a second, I'm not waiting any longer for anybody else. I'm going to make the changes that I want to make. So I shared my experience. I shared exactly what I did. I shared how I invested in myself. I share how I got super clear on who I wanted to be, what I wanted my life to look like. I shared that I took this step, this risk and started a show and, 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 and how it all started growing and building. I did that share. And these women, thank you. I loved it. Thank you so much. And it was funny because I got off and I thought, 
did I even make sense? I felt like I was just throwing out information at them. I thought I was just saying these things and I didn't know if it was going to help or support anybody, but I was contacted after the fact by a few of those ladies and they just said, thank you. Thank you for the share. Thank you for the push. Thank you for the realization that we can do anything. So that's what I wanted to share today. I wanted to share with you today some of the most important things from this past year, how they've changed me, how I feel like I've grown, how I feel like I have done all of these incredible things, and how I'm hoping to hopefully inspire you guys to do the same. So like I said, 40 to me had always been this milestone, and it wasn't the age itself. The age itself, I feel like, yeah, we can feel like we're any age at any time and, and feel confident. But it was the fact that what I thought 40 should look like for me. It was the fact that this expectation of where I thought I would be at 40, I knew I wasn't going to be there. So that is what was sort of looming on my 39th birthday was how am I going to get to that version of myself or that place or that feeling. And that is what I'm sharing with you guys today. I want to share with you some of the best lessons I took away from this year and go from there. Okay, so the first thing that I did, and I've been very careful when I've been talking about it so far because it's been a realization that I think I just had, but it's also been a really important one. So during that talk that I shared with the ladies and how I made all these changes, I kind of stopped the live and realized I didn't make any changes. What I actually did is I took action. And some days it's going to be small actions. Some days it's going to be big actions. But I took action. When I was sitting there, my 39th birthday, not 100% comfortable in my own skin, which is crazy since I'm was 39. Come on, get over yourself, Courtney. But here I was not just 100% comfortable of who I was, where I was, what I was supposed to be. So I took action. I finally invested in myself. I said, you know what? I've done the years of being all those different versions of myself. That's what started the Renaissance Mama because I was so good at just hopping in to a role, hopping in to an opportunity, hopping in and taking charge and getting comfortable and getting good and staying there. Just kind of getting by and like I said before, just sort of waiting. Like the world was supposed to show me what was next or an opportunity should pop into my hands or something should happen. But last year, I knew that wasn't gonna happen, that I was done waiting. I, if I wanted to make a change, which I did, I took action. So that was the best change I could ever ever make. And I took action by believing in myself. I took action by getting clear on that version of myself, who I wanted to be, how I was going to show up. I got very clear on so many things. When I took action, I told you, I 
paid for that course. I did the work. I was at all the meetings. I was, you know, really into it. I met some really great community partners. We worked together. There was one friend who I'd never met before in my life, met online, and she pretty much changed the concept of what I wanted to do. I was getting stuck. I didn't know what was next. And it was just out of the kindness of her heart. She's like, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And I did those exercises and it was all of a sudden like, whoa, wait a second. This, this is what I want. Yes, this is what I want. Now I can see it. And I drew out my mind maps and I got very clear and I got excited. So I took action by doing that. I took action by pressing the record button and filming my show. Remember, it started at a as a podcast. Now it's a show, which I love, because of course I love being on camera. That's one of the things I really enjoy doing. That is one of the things that I get up in the morning for and I am so excited about. So yes, that made sense. I was able to connect with an incredible network, the FEM network, yes FEM, yes. And it's only gonna grow bigger and get more incredible and more amazing, but it wouldn't have happened, none of it would have happened if I didn't take action. So that to me is the biggest lesson from last year. And one thing that I know I will continue to do this year and then, and then, and then. But if you want any change at all to happen in your life, big or small, personal or business or family relationship, any change, you need to take action, whether it's small or big, take those actions, take those steps, those consistent steps, and then, then the change is going to happen. The change is going to happen and you're going to feel it and be motivated and ready to take more action and then more change will happen. The second thing that really helped me this year and kind of figuring out what my next steps were and who I wanted to be, where I wanted to be, kind of to really address that feeling that wasn't wasn't feeling 100% great. So when I turned 39, I really, I had spent a year doing all these little little trials. Every month I would try something new. I would take pieces from it. I really enjoyed myself, but it left me at the end of 39 being extremely grateful for what I had. Like there was moments and pieces of my life that I've said and so many times say, I can't believe I have. I'm so happy. I'm so grateful. I can really appreciate it. But at 39, there was just this, this little nagging feeling. And if you feel something like this, it literally is just that little, oh, that little pinch or that feeling. I don't even know how to describe it, but that's what I was feeling at 39. And I took the action. I told you that, but I also needed to figure out what my version of success was going to be. I needed to get so clear on what I wanted, on what it looked like, what my life looked like, who I wanted to show up as, who I wanted to, you know, feel like and be, what version of myself did I really want to become? 
And I think it's so easy to look at people's social medias and look at reels and, you know, videos and, and say, oh my gosh, well, they're doing this. So I better do that. Or look at that picture of so-and-so they're doing this. Well, I better do that. Oh, and this person is my mentor and I love her and she's incredible. And this is what her version of success looks like. So I better do that that wasn't serving me. That's not what I needed. I think that was actually where that like nagging, poking feeling was, is because number one, I was looking at all these other people who had started businesses and how they grew and what was happening and how they feel. And they're like, oh, I'm so amazing. And I wasn't feeling that. So I got really clear on what my version of success looked like. I got very clear on what I want my perfect day to feel like. I got very clear on what my priorities are. And I can list them out, I can draw them, I can make them look pretty, and they may not be the same as yours. And they don't have to be. And I think that was a moment for me to really understand that like, yes, my version of success and my priorities right now, they're mine. They are mine and they might not look like everyone else's and I might not take the same path as everyone else. I'm probably not. I definitely am not. Let's be honest. But I still want that success. I still deserve it. Everybody deserves it. But you want to get really clear on what that means to you, what it looks like, how you can really make it happen. Because if you don't know what it looks like, then what are you fighting for? What are you working for? What are you spending hours and you know all this time and effort doing if you don't know what you want that end result to be? So I got super clear on that version of success. Since I was so clear on my version of success and what my priorities were, I was also able to really break down what kind of season am I in at a time. I got so clear and it was evident that there were certain seasons that I'm going to hustle. I'm going to work. I'm going to put in the long hours. I'm going to, you know, really do what I need to do to achieve certain goals. Then there are certain seasons that I am going to create. I'm going to explore. I'm going to learn. I'm going to really, you know, get those creative juices going, figure things out, start putting the pieces together. Then there's seasons that I want to relax. I want to spend time with my family. I want to make memories. I want to do all the things, spend time with my friends, you know, fill my bucket. And they sometimes are longer seasons depending on what's happening. There's sometimes going to be times that things will overlap, but I got rid of the guilt. I got rid of the guilt of taking the time to do the things I need to do. I got rid of the guilt of, okay, I'm in this season. So should I be doing that? No. I didn't because I knew what I wanted my priorities to be. So depending on the season, those priorities can change. And then as we know, life takes over. There's sometimes that things pop up, family emergencies, medical emergencies, things that change your whole way of thinking because here you thought you were in one, you know, season of life, you're hustling, you're working, you're doing all the things, but like that 
everything can change. But as long as you're clear on your your version of what success is going to look like, you're clear on your priorities, and you know there's going to be times things are going to change around, things are going to switch around, and that is okay too. The third thing that really, really helped me this year was changing my mindset. I don't know if I had ever realized what power your mindset has and the power of your perspective and the power that you actually have to tell yourself these stories. I listened to a great podcast the other day and it was all about that. Are there stories in your life that you you have been telling yourself for who knows how long and are those the real stories? And I think we all have them. I mean, let's be honest, when we're kids, we hear stories from our family of like, oh, this is what you were like when you were little. Oh, remember the time you, you know, went to the zoo and then the monkey came over and thought it was you. And uh, yeah, that happened to my brother, by the way. Um, but you have, you hear these stories and you start telling yourself these stories. And then these stories become ingrained in you. They become a part of you. They, you know, shape decisions that you make. They shape how you potentially look at yourself in the morning. They shape how you decide to spend your days. They shape how you think about yourself, how you want to achieve things, if you can achieve things. So this year, it became very clear that there was a lot of stories and a lot of mindset changes that I I needed to change. They weren't serving me. They weren't lining up that with that version of me that I wanted to be, that I knew I was, that I knew I could become. They weren't going to help me along to help my version of success. They weren't going to help me get my priorities clear. These mindset stories, concepts, words, feelings they were just all excuses. They were getting me blocked. They were getting me nervous. They were getting me, you know, just thinking that I couldn't do anything. And for the longest time, I was this version, this mom, and that's who I'd become. And then I was really great at hopping on boards and supporting people and volunteering. And I always wanted to go back to performing, but I didn't know what that looked like with a family and, 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 but I also had all these great creative ideas. I liked creating things. I liked developing things. I love teaching, teaching kids musical theater, teaching adults, you know, how to get comfortable in their bodies and their skins. And I loved doing all those things. But there was always this part of me who was just like, no, but can you, can you really do that? Because you haven't so far you know, your mom, you stay home and you be with kids and yeah, you know, you've started some businesses, but you know, they're not, they didn't grow huge. They didn't, you know, sell out. You haven't done anything that should be really rewarded. And that's why I had to change my mindset completely. I had to realize that I have learned so many lessons about myself, about how I do hop into projects sometimes that don't really serve me, but because I have this feeling to 
finish it and complete it and make things, you know, good. And then I get comfortable, then I get good at something. So why change? I had to leave all of that behind. I had to get so clear on my mindset and the power of mindset, not just, you know, be positive and positive things are going to happen. But I think it was more of the fact of the reality of how much power, what words affect you, how much power those stories you tell yourself hold over you. I was always waiting for that next opportunity that I didn't take action. I used to think when all my kids went back to school, that was going to be the time things were going to happen. Yeah, that's when I take my action. That would be my opportunity. The, the moment would arise, something would happen, and life would change. And then it didn't. Then we moved to a new space. Okay, so I was, I was getting comfortable in the new space. That's fine. That's fine. Waiting for the next, waiting for that next opportunity. Well, then COVID hit. So no, we can't do anything during COVID. So waiting, waiting for that next opportunity. I changed my mindset. I can't wait. I needed to take the action. So mindset is one of those things that it's going to feel a little ugh when you start breaking down some of those stories, especially stories from your past, especially things that oh, you've probably hold, held on to for way too long. If you're like me, because I was, I was holding on to these versions of myself or these stories about myself or these, you know, thoughts about myself that really were not serving me. So that power of your mindset and the power of your perspective. I did a whole episode recently how really when you look at a situation or an idea or a project or anything, you can look at it one way or another way or another way or another, another, another way. And every single way you look at it could be a totally different feeling. It changes the story completely. So for me, mindset has been something that I continue to work on. It is a work in progress. Trust me, there's lots of days where I go back to that old thoughts or feelings, but I know it doesn't serve me. So I know mindset can be changed. I know I have the power to change it. And that is the lesson I wanna share with you about that one. The next thing that I have really embraced this year is getting better with my time management. And that's not just how I use my time or all the tools that I use. I've shared with you before, I love time blocking. I'm really into the big three right now, getting clear on my daily priorities and making things really just feel like I've accomplished more at the end of the day. I'm not talking about that. I mean, that's obviously a huge part of it. But what I'm talking about is my relationship with time. That I think until before now, I was very much that hamster on a wheel, just doing tons of things, just sort of getting by, just surviving. I remember years ago when I had three very little boys and I was running into one thing to the next. I had multiple businesses. I was on all these boards. I was just so busy and people would stop and say, how do you do this? How, how, how? And my answer was, I just took one day at a time. I couldn't 
see what was next on the schedule because it would be way too overwhelming. And I just did that one day at a time. And I've done that for a long time, but I think that's also where I get into that just surviving mode. Things are just sort of happening to me instead of for me. But because now I've taken action, I've changed my mindset, I know what those priorities are, then time doesn't feel like it's against me anymore. Now I feel like I have more control of my time in general. I'm feeling more accomplished at the end of the day. I feel like I have a much better relationship with time and it's not so much a barter system of like, okay, I'm going to do this here, but not here, there, and this and that, that. I feel like all of that pressure and that stress with time is now gone. So really helping yourself do that is once again, those things I mentioned, getting clear on your priorities, know what kind of season you're in, and really using the tools that are available for you and how you can make time really work with you rather than against you. When talking about time, I was also able this year to make the realization when certain deadlines didn't make sense. <laughs> I will be honest, last year when I turned 39, I told you I made all these action steps. I was like pumped. I was energized. So obviously I made some goals that by 40, this is what I wanted, but I didn't take into consideration the timeline. I didn't take into consideration what, you know, 40 is amazing, but I'm also in the middle of two very big projects. So I don't know why I thought I was going to add all this extra pressure and all these expectations when really it didn't make tons of sense. So another way you can get comfortable with time is really looking at those goals you're setting for yourself. Are you making deadlines just because, yeah, okay, things would make more sense if by 40, like I made that deadline because it felt like that was the easiest thing to do. It's my birthday. So by my birthday, I want this. But looking at that full picture and what makes sense and how I can actually get things done, it didn't make sense. So making sure your deadlines align with your vision, align with your priorities, and then align with that version of success that you're looking for. This year, I was able to walk away from a project that I wasn't really committed. I didn't actually want to do. I've shared this story many times, but I think what makes it so huge for me is I'm one of those people that like if I start a movie or a book or anything like that, even if it's terrible, even if I don't like it, I need to know how it ends. My husband can turn on a movie and fall asleep. I need to know what is gonna happen at the end. I need to get to the end. I need to finish it. I need to complete it. I have been in the middle of books that I'm like, I don't like this book. I have no interest in it. But because I've started it, I need to finish it. So I think that's where there has been so many times I'm nervous of making commitments to things because I know I go all in. I know I hop into these things and then I don't want to let them go because I feel like I have to do it or I feel guilty or I don't know what it is. Those are those stories that you tell yourself that don't serve you anymore. But this year, this year was different. I 
I will admit I made the mistake. I hopped into something. I think because in my head I was really just testing if I could do something. So instead of testing it with the actual project I wanted to do, I tested with something else. And I started down this path and I started working on it and I put tons of hours and effort and then it got to the point where I started selling it and I realized it wasn't the path I wanted. And I think before now, I probably would have pushed through. I probably would have continued going even when I didn't want to. But this year I wasn't like that. This year I stopped and slowed down and said, does this project align with that vision I have for myself? Does this project align with that success I want for myself? And it didn't. In some ways, it sort of did. And I guess if I really wanted to like make it happen, I could have made myself believe it did, but I didn't do that. I walked away from it and said, okay, then I am going to put my time and my focus and my energy on the project that I actually want to do. So for me this year, being able to walk away from something that I didn't really want, that I got myself into, it was nobody else's fault but myself. Like I thought, okay, I'll start doing this, I'll start. And then it like took over all the things. No, I said, no, thank you. Now I'm working on the thing that I love. And I got so clear on what that thing means to me and who is it for and how it's gonna benefit so many people. I know I'm on the right path. But I think before now, I probably would have continued down that other path. So if you're able to really get clear on that vision of yourself and the success and all those things you want, then hopefully you can be like me and say no to certain projects that aren't aligned with that vision. Okay, I got two more quick ones because I want to finish this episode off. And I told you, I got to go celebrate. Trust me, I've got to celebrate this birthday. So the next lesson I definitely learned this year was all about enjoying the progress, enjoying the process, not enjoying the result. And I think this is so important for entrepreneurs. We try these things, we do these things, we go out on a ledge sometimes, and then the result might not be what we wanted. So then we get discouraged and then we throw all our work away or we get angry at ourselves, or we get upset, but really stopping to enjoy the process, enjoy what you're doing and celebrate it. Celebrate, hey, I actually did this or I'm doing this or I'm working on this celebrate that instead of waiting to get to the end and then being disappointed in the results. Obviously, we want the results to be great too, but you really have to enjoy the process and then enjoy the progress and then get to enjoy the results. Uh, years and years ago, when I was first kind of getting into theater, I remember a director said, you have to enjoy the rehearsal part. You're a theater actor, you have the audition process and that is just miserable. Nobody, I don't care who you are, nobody likes the audition process. You're literally, putting yourself out there, constantly getting rejected. Sometimes you don't even get to speak. Sometimes you stand there and go, hum, 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 hum. and okay, thank you, goodbye. And you're like, oh, I just spent my whole day and time and effort to do this and now nothing. So the audition process is terrible. The rehearsal process, it takes time, it takes work. It's also where the creativity happens, the magic happens, but it can be 
a little ooh, sometimes because you're doing the same things. You're getting really nitpicky on things. It gets long and hard. And then there's the performance aspect. And if you're a performer, you're like, of course I love the performance aspect. That's, that's where people are clapping for me. That's where I'm getting this gratification. That's where life is amazing. But for most times, that rehearsal portion is the longest part of the journey. It's the process. It's the progress. It's where the magic happens. So if you don't like that rehearsal portion, then you shouldn't be a performer. And that's how I feel even as an entrepreneur. If you don't like the process of things, if you're waiting for the results and you're waiting for the big things to happen, it might not. So you got to find the moments that you can enjoy the process celebrate it and love it. All right. So the last, last thing that I have really embraced this year is showing up as the person who you want to become. This time last year, right around the show, I actually wore this little dress because I was getting some headshots done. I didn't know what they were even for at the time, to be honest. I think I was like thinking about starting a podcast. I was thinking about things. I literally called my friend who does photography and was like, Hey, can you take a few photos? I don't know what this means, but I want, I want to have something available to share with people. She's like, of course you can. So we did. We took these photos. I wore this dress because I loved it. it. Makes me feel good. I was like, yes, yes, yes. And I feel like you need to do that every day. You need to show up as that person who you want to become. Today, when I was like, I'm going to celebrate it, I'm like, I'm going to put on this dress. I don't care that it's the middle of the week, the middle of the day, I'm filming for myself. No, I wanted to show up as this person. I put on my fake lashes because I like them. I do. I really do. So what? That's the version of me I, I am right now. That's the version of me I want to embrace. So this is 40 and now what? Now I am excited. I am energized. I'm inspired for what is to come. I saw this beautiful message the other day from somebody when we were chatting about, oh, how I was turning 40 and I was like, oh my gosh. And she says, hey, I just want to welcome you to the fourth floor. You have arrived. And you know me, I am visual. I was like, yes, the fourth floor that I can see. I can see those comfy couches. I can see me looking all good. I can see the confidence, the, I don't know, but I am excited for what is to come. So my friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed celebrating with me. I would love to hear from you. Doesn't matter what year you're in, but I want to hear from you. What is something, something this year that you have learned that you've taken away and you're like, yes, I'm going to use it going into next year. Thanks again, friends, and I will see you soon. Bye for now. Well, thank you to Courtney Riddle. Of course, uh, Courtney, um, first of all, it's Courtney's birthday today. So happy birthday to Courtney. Yesterday, 
Daniel Spencer, Marty Roberts, and myself. Birthday. Happy birthday to me. I'll start singing for myself. Happy birthday to Joe. By the way, I just want to say thank you to everybody who sent me a call, text, direct message, email uh, with their birthday greetings. And thank you to my family. Uh, really um, great, great stuff, uh, presents and everything. And thank you to uh, Patricia, my girlfriend, uh, who's just simply amazing, went out of her way yesterday and uh, did a lot of great things for me. And ice cream birthday cake, great stuff, great stuff. Big up, big up to everybody out there. Drew, who's going to come on later. Surprise, he didn't give me a present. Man. Drew Ebanks, the man of the people. Big up, Drew Ebanks, come on. Uh, smash up your face, man. All right, so we're going to be joined by... Somebody who was here a long time ago, and, um, you know, she was just actually here a couple weeks ago, and is going to make her return here. Hopefully, she uh, joins us very, very soon here on uh, the flagship show of the Fired Up Network. But until then, just want to say the big, big uh, announcement. Fired Up Network has uh, partnered up with Whirl. Check out Whirl.com. They distribute to 300 million TVs, Fired Up Network. I mentioned worldwide or globally wide, if that's a word. All right. And people in Canada, in America, in, in Greece, in Israel, in Spain, everywhere is going to watch. And by the way, I, I just turned 49. Aren't I the best looking 49 year old? Look at this. Look at this. The nice haircut. Look at that haircut. Now, the eyebrows done. Look at the goatee. Shaved a little bit of goatee. Marty Roberts, shout out to you. You told me to shave the goatee. And what do I do? I follow the veteran who uh, yesterday turned 62 years. He, You know, he looks good for 62. All right? He looks good for 62. All right? So, uh, again, um, happy belated birthday to everybody out there. And, uh, by the way, uh, we're going to have a Super Bowl special Tomorrow, we'll uh, get through uh, the time. Uh, tomorrow, Super Bowl, of course, is Sunday. And for guys, Tuesday is Valentine's Day. Go out there and uh, get your special someone uh, a Valentine's present and, and everything like that. Valentine's Day, you can't forget about them. Uh, you know, Valentine's Day. And, 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 and spoil that special person. With flowers, with candy, with uh, chocolate. You know what What I like, thanks to Patricia here, chocolate-covered strawberries. Chocolate-covered strawberries here. And uh, check that out, chocolate-covered strawberries. Again, we're going to hopefully be joined by someone here to talk about uh, Black History Month. Again, uh, throughout the month of February, we're going to... Um, talk about Black History Month, and hopefully uh, she'll come on sooner than later. If not, we have other programming to get to, so uh, hopefully she's on here right now, uh, just chiming in. Of course, two minutes late, and I have to, yeah, two, it's, it's 7.42. She's supposed to come on at 7.40, but uh, better late than never. Black History Month, Samantha Walters from Lavish, living the, listen. Okay, 
you're, you're living the lavish lifestyle. I mentioned it's my birthday. It was my birthday yesterday. Aren't I the best looking 49 year old? Absolutely looking gorgeous. We're the best. Thank you so much, Joe, for having me on today. How are you? All right, you're you're on. I'm I'm great. I'm great. You're on uh, because uh, February, of course, we celebrate Black History Month. We had Drew Ebanks last week, and we're going to hopefully have each and every week here on Fired Up Live, the flagship show of the Fired Up Network, somebody to talk about Black History Month. But you were with me through thick and thin here for the last couple years. Okay, I don't know if you saw the big news. I I don't know. Ah. so Samantha, we have partnered up with World. World WURL.com after the show, you're going. We're going to be your face. Your face is now being seen by 300 million people. Brush your teeth. Did you brush, wow. did you brush your teeth? Yes, yeah. I did. It's still, it's not, it's not crest. It's not crest. It still doesn't, you know, it's spell properly. Cool. See, I knew it's not crest. <laughs> all right. All right, by by uh, check it out wurl.com world.com check it out after we've been partnered up and they're going to syndicate us to 300 mil we're on Roku we're on Paramount Plus the home the home of Victor Newman Victor Newman by the way Nick Newman I challenge you to a guy who's better looking but you slept with like 75 ladies never mind all right let's talk about <laughs> black history month what is sam seriously what does that mean to you Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And have a voice on today's show. I'm super excited to talk about Black History Month. Everyone knows it, which should be a longer thing. It should be Black History Year. <laughs> um, but yes, this I want to acknowledge all Black individuals who, you know, have made an impact in the past that have, you know, suffered in different ways or have been belittled. I think it's more about spreading awareness. And, you know, I think that um, with a lot of things that are going on, especially having more, more black representation in movies, in the Grammys that we're going to talk about today, um, even performances is really important in terms of, you know, creating a better and more inclusive space. Um, I know that you also um, kind of, uh, you also have a child who's black. What does it mean to you, you as well? Uh, it, it means a lot. You got to forget about, you know, a child. A person's a person. Rather, regarding if they're white, black, uh, purple, red, green, yellow, whatever, you have to treat everybody equally and everybody the same. Everybody the same here. And it doesn't matter if you're black, white, or or, or anything like that. People are people. And, and we talked about this so many times on and off the air, you know, COVID last three years have been really, really bad here. And we're thinking people stay at home, they go out, they celebrate going outside and breathing out. Now you can't even take the TTC without watching behind there. And, and there's more crime and more violence. And what's going on in this world? Look what's happening in Ukraine. Look, devastating uh, last week with the earthquake uh, and they're in Turkey and everything like that. And, and, and around about circle, it should, life should matter. Every life should matter here. But we talk about black history and all that throughout the years. And I know your mom, your, your dad and all that lived through torture, put it that way. Okay. And, and you as a kid and, and going through Canada and what have been the struggles for you regarding, dare I say it, this, your skin color? Thank you for 
you know, acknowledging that I think there's definitely, definitely has been a lot of dis lack of opportunities in certain spaces that, that weren't inclusive, um, you know, and some aspects, even if it's on a microaggression level where it's just a minor little, you know, or, you know, something that's like a stereotype. Uh, these all definitely take a, a steam on the way I go about, you know, being belittling myself in certain spaces just because I don't. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely thinking, like, not even definitely thinking, but even of this month, I've been having a lot of conversations with some of my friends who are not black, um, just so that I think they're a little bit more open to understanding, which should be all the time. Um, but even just, even about, you know, voicing it, speaking up and, you know, kind of being like, this is not, not just because black a little bit more, you know what I mean? We have feelings too. And you're right, Joe, when you talked about respect and everyone and we're just, you know, in this aspect, I know when people say, you know, black lives matter or this, right. We're just saying that they you know a little bit more, right. Because it's at a disadvantage. Um, but yeah, like that's, I think I can't even speak for my mother, you know, or my family, but I know that they've definitely faced a lot of different, you know, lack of, as I said, opportunities. Have you, okay, I, I'm not going to give away your age or whatever, but let's say uh, the 90s, okay, we'll start with the 90s. The 90s to today, 2023, so, you know, that gives away 30 years, okay? Have you seen any regression or, or progression here, have they, uh, you know, it seems like we take two steps forward and then 12 steps back. Okay. So have you seen the same thing or do you, are you positive in, let's say growing your life, maybe having a kid or whatever, are you bringing somebody into the world to say, okay, it's going to be better in 2024, 28, 35, or do you see, do you dare see it, it's going to be even worse? Well, for the future, I'm always going to hope for the best. But based on what you're saying from the 90s, I've definitely seen it fluctuate. And what I mean by that is that, um, you know, there was a quote that was like, oh, racism is just happening now. And he's like, it's not just happening. It's now being filmed. That's the only thing. It's always in a lot of our systems. I'm not really a political person for people who do know me, but um, you may fill out a job application online. And they ask you are you caucasian are you asian you know in terms of the skills itself for the job that should be fine in terms of you know, more inclusive maybe if it's a survey fine but some of those things are limiting too because what if you're so i think it's more about providing more inclusivity in our systems and also show different ways in school you know we we have um different i know that they recently had orced, right? And we were talking about the indigenous peoples and bringing that, um, you know, something that's bringing. So, what just would having you improve? What, what would, sorry, what would you improve? Like, let's say enough people just talk, 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 and there's no action. What action? Right. You're on international TV. And yeah. we're, like we just said, we signed the deal with 300 million TVs watching your face here. What would you, instead of talking about it what would you you're talking to president of provinces of canada the mayor elect of north america just added that for 2023 all right what would the you do of the provinces of canada 
And don't forget the, the new mayor-elect of North America. I need a voicemail for that, by the way. All right. All right. <laughs> okay, but, but instead of talking, what actions would you do? Incorporating it in schools from at a younger age can definitely, you know, cause the child these things as they grow and question more things. I think also, um, and what I mean by that is just like we talked about the surveys online and things like that, trying to eliminate that it's not about your race this is not what's going to get you this or whatever um in terms about action action i think that even um you know providing more assistance communities as well i know like um a lot of us may not have the advantages not just we don't have the advantages of maybe you know access to mental health resources or help us you know bring up ourselves more so we feel more confidence because there's a in pain and trauma from certain experiences um that a lot of people have faced so it's like i i don't know but i i think i can't really speak for everyone but i think more awareness more, um more inclusivity in spaces in terms of opportunities and that can help people with their mental health more resources that can help people upgrade themselves so there should be like some sort of money for them to go to college so that their parents are you know what I mean so, like some sort of free stuff so some sort of compensation would be nice in some aspects but um are you asking for a raise already <laughs> well I'm not asking I'm not gonna pull up the race card and be like can I have a raise Joe <laughs> but you know what I mean more representation and I definitely think that this network the fired up Definitely um, shown that representation to you. For everyone who's watching, there's a lot, lot of, especially there's a lot of, we have a female network that's basically um, going about and having a, and Joe, Joseph has been, just, I was gonna say Joseph Pasek, I was gonna say, just absolutely amazing in terms of holding down the team and making sure that, so I remember when I was first recruited, um, you know, even that process, it didn't even feel in me as my color or how I looked. I, I even think I had, you know, like I dressed a certain way. What can you bring to the table? What can you show? And that was when I first seen how this space is not about, you know, just this, 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 but it's about a professional. It's about the, the what, what you bring to the table in terms of your skill sets rather than your identity. Definitely. Yeah. It's been a great experience here for me, too. And the show before you, uh, she, um, Courtney Reddell, whose birthday is today, so shout out to, to Courtney. But, uh, you know, the Renaissance mama, she talked about in openly on international TV being 40 years old. And it's her birthday today and, and all that. And big part of a Fired Up Network is femme, uh, female empowerment movement. And, you know, ladies black white chinese portuguese uh, greek anybody it doesn't matter what you are who you are or whatever you guys and the, one of the biggest things i started this is to have an outlet for the future broadcasters uh you know we we have many many people who have moved on to bigger brighter lights and and all that so again it's <sighs> It's remarkable how everything has turned. And uh, Sammy, like I said, you were with me through thick and thin. 
for uh I got three years already and from the beginning to now you know yourself I don't have to tell you you know how more composed you are you know how more because you were an energy energizer bunny I don't even know how half the work you said before and you know all that but now today this was one of your best segments but we're not done yet all right we live the lavish lifestyle here on fired up and fam all right we let, look at this time look at Shirt, look at this haircut, Sam. Come on, the eyebrows are getting ready for Valentine's Day. Hold on, is somebody getting ready? I gotta tell, no, no, I'm getting ready for Valentine's Day. You gotta tell us your plans, Joe, for Valentine's Day. I'm getting ready for Valentine's Day. I'm getting ready for Valentine's weekend. I'm getting ready to, I'm practicing going down on my knee and all that sooner or later. Yes, Sam, can you believe that? Yeah, 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 you're, you're an actress here. Like you're an actress, you do that very well. By the way, I got a shout out from The Rock for my birthday. All right, The Rock, he shout me out because I introduced him at the Grammys to Adele. All right, I introduced him to the Adele. But we talk about the Grammys. All right, Grammys last week, of course, around my birthday and all that in in Los Angeles. But I gotta say this. Right? Are you a hip hop fan? I know Drew Ebanks of On Point Basketball. His pants are on the floor. He's a hip hop fan, Dr. Dre, and and all that. <laughs> Did you watch? That was probably the biggest fifteen minutes in Grammy history. Did you watch it? When I tell you, I have a whole list of names that I'm going to be naming. There was like over thirty, not only because they were doing um, the hip hop's fifty anniversary but had so many different performances by a whole bunch of black artists and this, this is exactly what i was talking about we had ll cool j big, big up ll cool boy, j rhymes. Big up. Oscar rhymes. <laughs> big up yourself go ahead i feel like a dj Joe. come on yes Split star de la soul dj drama missy elliott you know gloria um, so many different artists. Little Wayne, Little Baby, Nelly came out. Remembers the throwback, the Band-Aid. Yep. He came back out with that. That was no, amazing. He, he came back out with like, the Band-Aid because the he got in a little scrap with the rock. All right? So that, that's the truth. got a little bit of scrap. And, you know, everybody, everybody seemed to love that 15 minutes, to, you know, hip-hop, except for one guy. One guy. Jennifer Lopez and husband or, or, or fiance or whatever. What's his name again? Mm-hmm. Jennifer Lopez's husband. Oh, oh gosh, you're quizzing me on the spot. I know oh. he's an actor. No joke. I'm going to find this right now. Because they dated back in the day, too. You know that? I, I'm so glad in those clips of him. Oh, my gosh. This is going to kill me if I don't, oh, don't find his name. I'm not even his saying name it. Is, what? His name is... All right. Oh, everyone's talking about the relationship from that show right there, Joe. Yeah, that guy was was he's the only one who didn't like the hip hop throw down, smash up, everything like that. Match yourself up. Ben, ben Affleck. Yes, Ben Affleck. Uh, he was really in a pissed off mood. Do you know why he was in a pissed off mood? Do you know why? Why? Do- yeah, why was he in a people said that they can kind of see him whisper like she was like don't do that da, 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 da. like so what was going on jennifer lopez is trying to teach him a little bit of spanish they've been together for 20 years este 
she was saying, este, no puedo hacer esto. Don't do that. Don't do that. No puedo hacer esto. And he, no puedo hacer esto. He wasn't saying it correctly. She was mad. She goes, honey, leave me alone. I'm kicking the jams out here on, uh, you know, with the hip hops and all that. Hip hop? Well, what is hip hop? Like, he, you know, like, uh, uh, honestly, and his name is Ben Affleck, right? Affleck. Affleck. Is 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 the commercial for insurance, isn't it? Like that duck, Affleck. So he was pissed off. He was really pissed mm-hmm. off that he lost to a duck in the commercial. That's the truth. That's inside information that you won't get anywhere else but here on the Fired Up Network, Fem, uh, Female Empowerment Movement, and the part Samantha's part of Lavish. So wait a minute. I'm I'm looking at the background. All right. Are you in a new place? Are you finally moving up high like George Jefferson and Wheezy? Come on. <laughs> yes. So I've definitely been pre- presented with the opportunity to kind of move out. You know that I was living with my family before. And um, I, I do have a lot of siblings. Shouted out each and every one of them. But, but um, it's definitely been a bigger space for me here. And uh, And Joe, can you guess the place? Place that I spend the most time is it the living room, the bathroom. Where do I spend the most time? Can you guess? Oh my gosh, do I, you're gonna get me in trouble here. Listen, everybody who knows Sam knows that she lives the lavish lifestyle, like the TikToks and the Snapchats and the and the Twitters and the Instagrams and the Facebook and the which one is the swipe left, swipe right? What? Which one is that? Swipe left, swipe right? <laughs> which one is that? What? What's it called? Uh, what do you mean? No, nah, you know what it means. Whatever. Uh, Pinder, twi- I don't know, Twitter, Pinder, Pinder whatever. Pinder, yeah. Bumble. <laughs> oh, so there's another Bumblebee. Uh, are you, you're saying you're on another one also. All right. So she, mm-hmm. she does it. Where's the mirror? Where's the mirror? There's no mirror there. You're in the living room. I could tell you're in the living room. She does it in the washroom. She does her best business in the washroom. Actually, I just love love long baths and i've said this before on air um yes joe but no but going back into the performance joe i really wanted to tell you something what was your favorite performance joe what was my favorite performance come on uh, dr dre man dr dre me and the do- no, me and the doc he calls me dr p he called him dr dre yo 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 listen 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 to me <laughs> all right okay me uh-huh. and him. We were scissoring daddy O before the, anybody knew it. You don't even know what that means. Scissor me, daddy O. There you go. No, wait, but were you upset at all, all that Beyonce Queen album of the year or anything like that? I know you're a huge fan of Beyonce. Beyonce, if you are watching right, right now, he really no. listens to all, all of your music behind closed doors. He's always there singing Hello Angelic, but trust me. Here it is. I'm, I'm going to say this right now. All right. Super Bowl halftime show this on Sunday, Super Bowl. All right. Super Bowl halftime is Rihanna. Is your choice. You take Rihanna. You take Beyonce. Who do you have? Who do you like better? Who's a better Beyonce Queen B? Well, I'm King J and my queen is Queen P. All right. So like, look, and, and S, all right, S, what is it? You're a queen S, right? What, like, does anybody call you queen S, S queen or queens? 
queens like s you know like s, you like that okay but <laughs> if you have rihanna and you have beyonce which one is better i hate to compare queen parrot i i love them all both. right there's no comparison you're right but no but, but i may get more along with rihanna i do listen to her music more but they are both beautiful talented definitely made um a whole lot for themselves and has definitely put them has definitely provided the representation that a lot of us like to see in the media too i i know that beyonce has come out with some new songs that have been trending and she did come an hour late from I was I was 25 minutes late and then I did my hair and I'm like it's traffic man and I was like, two minutes late on here too but she did come in no, I, but here, I, here you cannot be late 300 million people watch you how many people watch the Grammys was it more than 300 million people anyways here's <laughs> the truth you like Rihanna better the truth is because you are like Rihanna a tattooed freak all right that you have, I have zero and people with tattoos are not you, you said you have one zero zero tattoos that's what i heard all right one zero zero tattoos that was that, that what is your favorite if you're going to get a tattoo what would you get i've always wanted a tattoo in hebrew on my wrist hebrew. with my, my mom what, what, what would you say in hebrew shalom manishma ken beseder what <laughs> no Oh, but yeah, either way. Wait, 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 what are you singing? No, do you, you have a tattoo? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hava Nagila, you're singing Hava Nagila. Hava Nagila, Hava Nagila. Come, come on. What were you? What? What <laughs> tattoo? What that? What tattoo? By the way, in this segment, I spoke English, I spoke Spanish, and Hebrew. Not bad, eh? Not bad for the president of the provinces of Canada. <laughs> All right, what tattoo would you get? So, so I told you I would get something that either has my mom's name. Or her birthday on my wrist. What about you, Joe? Who would you you get? No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. You said something in Hebrew. What would you get in Hebrew? Mom's name written on my wrist or something. All right. So hold on. Me and your mom go way, way, way back. Let's. Say, what's your mom's name? You guys can call her G. Gwen. G money. G money. G money. Shout out to you. G money. G-Money. What's wrong with yeah. G-Money? Well, right. we could call her and, Joyce. And isn't her birthday uh, coming up soon? June 21st? Yeah, six months from now, see? Six months from now. Don't forget But Joe, that. most but, importantly, how was your birthday? What was your biggest for this year? And what did you do? Did you eat cake? Did, was it chocolate? Was it vanilla? Did you, did you, I still have are your Are you going to let me ask her or your, or your segment's going to cut out here? My birthday, and I'm going to be, for once, I'm going to be very, very straightforward. Yesterday, February 8th, Wednesday, February 8th, 2023, honestly, was, if not the best, one of the best birthdays in my 49-year career. Get it? 49-year career. One of the best. Cake, yes. Patricia came. Li listen to the white, the future wife I'm going to have. Sam. I'm going to be, I'm taken, all right? I know you're heartbroken. So here it is, okay? Listen to the future wife I have. She works, by the way, FedEx. 
She works at FedEx till 7.30. Downtown where Skydome is. Drives all the way to North York. Brings me ice cream cake. Brings me also other stuff. Presents and, and food and all that. Half an hour later, she drives all the way back to downtown only to do work again the next day. That is called wife her up. That is called love. Incredible. By the way, Sam, let me ask you a question. Seriously, would you do that for anybody? Honestly, honestly. Love makes you do a lot of things. No, no, no. I didn't say and love. So I said, would you do that for anybody? Yes, I would. Have you done that for anybody? No. Would I? We found yes. The secret. We Have found I? the secret. We found the secret to why Sam is single. There you have it. And by the way, Sam, <gasps> the schedule for the CEBL, the Scarborough Shooting Stars, it came out a couple weeks ago. Scarborough Shooting Stars will be back. At the end of May in Scarborough, last year Samantha Walters, who did not do right uh, ever for Fired Up Network, wrote articles for Scarborough Shooting Stars. Did not go anywhere for media and was almost at every game for Scarborough Shooting Stars. Jay Cole was kicking the jams and saying big ups to to Samantha Walters. Am I lying or what? Isn't it true? Come on. I was posting on social media and tagging the fire network as well as the fem network i was and it was super super exciting and i honestly want to thank joe for that opportunity the, the different side in the actual like field of, of sports which was definitely to see what the players were going through especially before the games there was a lot of things that i learned about in terms of terms of their their meaning in the community and trying to interact with everybody and also the reference since it's black history month they definitely have some things going on um with the community giving i should definitely check them out the scarborough shooting stars will be back up and running in scarborough we're all are you from scarborough no i'm not from scarborough i'm not going from scarborough but scarborough's got a bad name all right scarborough gets a bad name joe comes here all the time guys every week no 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 guys stop stop lying i listen I'm the, I'm the mayor-elect of North America now. Listen, the lies that you spread, that's no, no good. It, first of all, G-Money, all right? Special hi to you, G-Money. And aren't you glad that you know Sam moved out of the house? And, and, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know she's... How many times <laughs> has she been over? She's literally coming over tonight to bring me food just because I am not... The- the best cook. Hold on, hold on. Bring you food. What, what are you going to have? Some ackee, some saltfish, some, some uh, come on, what are you going to have? She's bringing chicken, rice, green banana, dumpling. All right. Uh, no, what's you your address again? I'm there in an hour. So what's your address again? Come on. All yep, right. yep. I'll text it to you, Joe. <laughs> so, so uh, Sam, it, like, we'll close out. It's the Super Bowl, right? Do you know who plays in the Super Bowl? Yes. Do I know who plays in the Super Bowl? Yeah, you were telling me Kansas City, Philadelphia. You were telling me Kansas City, Philadelphia, and you were telling me, and then we got cut off. You were telling me you expect who to win 
at Super Bowl 57 in Arizona Sunday night uh, where you're going to have Johnny with you. You're going to have Jack with you. You're going to have Daniels with you. You're going to have a little bit of Rock Rock with you. You're going to have some, uh, you know, Shanley with you. I mean, Shanley and, and Jack <laughs> and Walker, John and Walker and all that. Like a lot, man, a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> but Kansas City, Philadelphia, who you got? Definitely Philadelphia. Definitely. See, I, this wasn't planned at all. Coming up next, by the way, Sam, coming up next, because it was NBA trade deadline today, was uh, Anthony K, who's going to get you more uh, fluent, and Drew Ebanks, who is a big, big Philadelphia Eagle fan. Drew Ebanks, of course, of OnPointBasketball.com. Basketball here, OnPoint Basketball. And you know what? Last time Philadelphia was in the Super Bowl, it was against New England. Uh, Drew Myself, mm-hmm. uh, we're at uh, an establishment, and Drew was crying like a baby. He would because Philadelphia won. He was crying like a baby. Do you, now, here it is. Okay, you mentioned uh, Valentine's and all that. February fourteenth, two days before my sister's birthday. All right, my sister's birthday, February sixteenth. I'm assuming you're going to provide my sister a present since you didn't provide me with a present, Sam. I thought your sister was in Florida. So what? You don't believe in FedEx? And, 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 I have your present. Yeah, I want to see it. Okay, give me one, one second. Oh, all right. So uh, we're, we're waiting for my present from Samantha Walters here. Those right here, all wrapped up. And, oh, here we go. And ready to go. We have this shiny oh, green bag. It better Ready be not basketball you, because the only guy who plays with balls is Drew. I can open it right now. Is it something good? Is it something borrowed? Is it something blue? Is it what? All right, open it, open it. The suspense is killing me. The suspense is killing me. I got to put suspenders Joe, on I'm now. Ready. Come on, it's killing me. I'm super excited. I just added a few more things. Things that I think you'll love. Did you add them yesterday or today? Well, every day that goes by that I haven't given a thing in a day. (laughs) I might get 265 presents. Yes or no? You can't wait five presents. No. I'm going to give this to you very, very soon, Joe. Oh. Is that what you were hinting at? Like, uh, you know, when... Oh, all right, all no, right. No, I'm... Soon. Soon. So no wonder you want me to go to Scarborough. You made me drive all the way to Scarborough for... First of all, if I drive to Scarborough, it's going to cost at least 60 bucks. So is is the presence worth 60 bucks? Yes. Well, I'm there today. All right, Sam. So tell everybody... <laughs> You and any last comments, all serious, all we're joking over. You've been a big uh, um, portion of the Fired Up Network and Fem Female Empowerment Movement. And again, we're with World WURL.com, 300 million on 300 million uh, TVs and all that. But any last things you want to say about Black History Month and special uh, and serious? Uh, your mom has been a great, great here talking to me um, so many times. Uh, and people who are around, doesn't matter if it's black, white, or whatever, you know, if you're lucky to be a mother, daughters, son, grandfathers, grand or grandsons, granddaughters, and all that, go give your mom a hug, a kiss. Don't make your mom mad. 
Go to school. Learn the best way. Forget about Black History Month for a second. Any history month, any black, white, anything. Go and learn. Learn, be yourself, and get yourself better. That's the only way you could do better in this world. Go ahead, Sam. Yes, you guys can get a hold of me at Samantha underscore at the end. And as Joe said, keep tuning into this inclusive network where we have black people and everyone projecting their voices and spreading awareness about all the issues that matter. They're giving you the newest topics, the latest news. They're giving you sports. They're giving you so you can also help by not only just spreading awareness, is by also supporting, supporting in every single day. There's always a show a day on this network and you guys do not want amazing opportunities that Joe has been providing and that he is going to. And it's not only one thing I'm going to correct you on. It's not only me. It's the millions and millions of people like Sam, like Courtney Riddell, like Drew and Anthony Kay, like John Carlo Lino, John Nelson, Steve Carney, uh, Marty Roberts, uh, Justin Levine, uh, Patricia. You know, she does she does a lot and gets my mindset and everything like that. Uh, and uh, Sam, anybody else you want to shout out here? Because we're going to close out this segment and throw it to NBA jump ball. The NBA trade deadline was today. So go ahead. Any, any shout outs? You get big up, big up your brothers, big up your sister, big up your dog. How's your dog doing? By the way? He's doing really, really well. And yes, I, I do want to shout out um, everybody here today too. this lot. Anybody who shares it with at least one one person, specifically this, this one too, for the Black, black History Awareness, I'm going to shout out you for make, making the change today and for sharing this and for commenting, for giving feedback. This is exactly what it's all about. And if you guys have any advice or what you guys think, Joe asked the question earlier, but it wasn't only to me. So if you guys feel like you can do better, what kind of action? And remember, Joe doesn't just do words. It's about what acts a better place to make it more inclusive, respectful. Definitely comment them. Definitely you guys can get a hold of me or Joe um, at Samantha underscore me at the end. And Joe, what, what was your, how can they get a hold of you again? You can get a hold of me. I'm fired up net, fired up N-E-T. But here, uh, a girl whose name is Jess says, says, Sam, do you know a boogie with a hoodie? Yes. Do you know who he is? Seriously, because I have no idea. He has a lot of amazing songs. He's a great artist. That's a real name? A boogie with a hoodie? Yes, he he has. has so he has the. Is he joining a big boogie with a hoodie? Or boogie, woogie, 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 doogie, good, dog doogie, and all that? Boogie, boogie with a hoodie. Is that is he that doesn't. is that who he is? No, I, I I'm being I'm being dead serious. Just he, says, he, do you know he is, who he is an artist? He is an artist, and that's the name that he goes. A lot, a lot of amazing tracks, which you guys should check out. He's a black young male artist who's definitely been on the come up. Actually, I think he may be having a tour here soon in Toronto. Uh, I think sometime in March. We'll I will double check and let you guys know. And you guys can also find that on the website. <laughs> on his right. website. So, uh, Sam, I'm going to bid you adieu, but before I do, get it, uh, when are you going to grace us with your presence once again? Last time you came on was like in November. 
So three months. So uh, I'm going to book you for three months in May or what? How about May? <laughs> um, May? No, maybe July 17th. No? Uh, by the way, Sam, when when am I going to get my present? You can't. Can you show one very, thing? One thing. One thing on on the on uh one thing on camera. Can you show one thing on camera? Um, one thing. I don't want to ruin the surprise. All right, don't ruin the surprise, Sam. Actually, I can show. You. I'm going to be putting in, but I don't know if I'll get in trouble for showing it. Yeah, well, you're not showing anything right now. You're dark, so uh, uh, it says SW. Sister with voices, SWV. I don't know if you remember them. Sorry. One thing I can show on camera is this. All right, hold on. Producer, do your job. All right, hold on. He's doing his job. Ooh. This is, is cool, right? one thing that's on camera. Don't stop. Look at that. Tequila. I know it's what? not the. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I, I I I don't drink anything if it's not Terramana. Seriously, I have a deal now with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Terramana. You want to see? Right. I'm not joking. Look! Look! See here? I don't know if you see this. Look! See Terramana all the time here. Oh, is this tequila? Yes, da. Okay, we're gonna close out this you segment. Throw, throw, it here. throw it in the TV. I'll catch it. Throw it here. Throw it in. Come on. Come on. All right. On that note, I'm gonna throw it to Drew E. Bankstown. Thank you. We'll be in touch soon. Uh, Black History Month again. Each and every week, we're gonna endeavor to get somebody on to talk about Black History Month here. Uh, Sam, again, you can reach her at Samantha underscore Media, and Media is with two A's because she forgot how to spell Media. All right. And shout out to your mother. Shout out to your mother. Shout out to your brother who still didn't pass me his uh, Xbox name so I could kick his ass in NBA <laughs> uh, 2K23, all right? So that, that's it. But mm -hmm. I'm glad your dog is do, doing well. Then we'll meet. If there are presents for me, we'll meet up soon. Soon. Like in three yeah. hours. All right? Thanks a lot, Sam. <laughs> Thanks yes, a lot, Sam. Thank you, Joe, for having me. All right. That's Samantha Walters, a big part of the Fired Up Network and fam. And we're going to throw right now. Today, 3 p.m. was the NBA trade deadline. We talked to Anthony Kay and Drew Ebanks. Hey, everybody. This is Joseph Asik, and welcome to the Fired Up Network. Welcome to Fired Up Live. Welcome to NBA Jump Ball, the NBA trade deadline. Here's uh, Captain Canada, and I'm going to bar him, bar him from being called Captain Canada because he did not, he did not bring me a birthday present. He did. Send I me haven't a seen you yet. Don't oh, worry, yeah. Listen, Anthony K uh, uh, bought me euros. All right. So, like, look, man, he actually provided something. All right. I got a knuckle sandwich covered for you. With, with yeah, extra tzatziki sauce. Tzatziki yeah, sauce. <laughs> nice all right. I'll, I'll tell you who has tzatziki sauce. All right. Drew, I'll start off with you. Yeah. Can you tell me what in the red, black, and white Raptors color is Misayu Jiri trading Yaka Pertle? A first round pick, top six protected. That's it. So at seven, eight, nine, it goes to San Antonio. And two, two, two. I said that three times. Second round picks. 
I mean, uh, the only thing I could say is, I mean, obviously he's a vet big man. You're familiar with him. Um, I said his numbers are decent, you know, like 12 points, uh, almost a double-double uh, as far as rebounds. Coloco, as you know, is not ready as that middle of the, uh, you know, the paint guy. So I think it's a good move to bring him back. I'm not sure, um, you know, a first rounder for him. Obviously, I guess, you know, bigs that can play D and take up space. Uh, are a little bit of a premium kind of um and then the two for second is it two second rounds yes yeah two that's two. quite it seems quite a bit i mean second rounds seem to be flying all over the place today guys as far as trade bait and trade um you know padding of trades so i think to give two and a first rounder that is very very interesting to see that happen uh for the raptors uh obviously they look like they think they're still in the mix here because nothing was done for their major pieces. So um, I think this is just something to bolster their, their, the center spot uh, moving out. Ken Birch, unfortunately Canadian, sorry to see him go, but uh, he's been doing some good work when he's in the lineup. Um, I think they're just, you know, they're trying to win in a way they're trying to see what they can do this season. And then, you know, Coloco, he's just not quite ready yet, but in a few years, two, three years, I think Coloco is going to be an absolute force in the middle for the Raptors. Okay. Anthony, go ahead. I think Masai is continuously playing chess while the rest of us are, are are playing checkers. I think he had absolutely no intention of trading at anyone because what have we said all season? This team is way too talented yes. to have such a bad record. We've said it over and over and over again. They have a versatility. They have defenders. We wish they had a little bit more shooting, but they have everything to compete in an East that started off yesterday as the stronger conference and ended today at 3 p.m. as the much, much weaker conference. (laughs) So they almost, it's almost addition by subtraction. So is, is Pirtle better than Birch today? I think he is. He's a very efficient scoring big man who can rebound, who by the way is really good friends with Pascal Siakam. That played a role too, right? I think that, that the one thing that we know when the Raptors were having their success, that, that, you know, those few years right before, the Kawhi Leonard trade. What did you could see the chemistry? It was DeRozan yeah. and Lowry like becoming best friends, and then even when they won, Lowry kind of took Kawhi kind of under that Raptor wing. Since now that we know Raptors had feathers, um, under that Raptor wing, and just brought him into the mix, and you could tell that they got along. So this is a move of hey, let's bring some team chemistry. Let's get guys who like each other. It helps that he plays. I think the I think the price that was paid, I agree, was a little too much. But now it's, hey, let's make a run at this. They're they're currently in the play-in. We know they're better than that. We know that they're probably better than the guys just immediately ahead of them, the Chicago's um, and whoever. I forget who's who's in um, who's in eighth. But those couple of teams, they're better than those two teams. We know the Nets. Well, the Nets are going to drop out of existence, let's be honest, mm-hmm. now that they've made all those trades. So now there opens up a spot in that top kind of six. Maybe that's their their philosophy is, hey, get to the play and maybe make a push for that sixth spot and see what happens because this is a team that a lot of players and coaches that I've interviewed over the last few for this season really have said, you really don't want to face the Raptors in the playoffs because they're so long. They're so versatile. They're so good defensively that if they start making shots, they're very dangerous. What he did today was brilliant. He knows exactly what he can get for OG, yeah, he knows what was for Pascal. Yep. He he understands exactly what he has. So now going into the offseason, he has the rest of the season now to say, okay, 
this is what I can get. This is what I can piece together. This is this is the team I can build for next year. Let's see how this plays out this year. So, look, I would have loved a big splashy name and a scorer and a, you know something to come in and make this team a legit shot at a, at winning a chip. They're not there. It didn't happen. So you move on. You know what? I just want to add a little bit to that. It, that's exactly my sentiment. This guy, Messiah. Why didn't you say it? This guy got you more sports <laughs> fluent. You, you, that's exa- you, you had the chance first. You no, no, hold ball. on, hold on, you hold on. Hey, sometimes, you know, yeah, I don't have 20 minutes that. to talk. I, you know what I mean? I don't have 20 minutes. I'm just saying, you know, I really, and I said this before, and I've said it on air, I don't see what the rush was to trade OG Ananobi. I don't, I didn't buy all the negativity that he wants out, da da da. Dude, if you fortify that guy's role, if you make him essentially the second guy and you have a better point guard that can distribute, he can actually be, if you really stretch it, OG could be number one, Pascal too. Because in real world of trying to win a champions, I don't think Pascal is a first option, right? So I think it's, I think some of the, you know, all the smoke, I know they always say where the smoke, there's fire, but I just didn't feel it. And you know, Masai, they want a title with these guys. He's not so quick to just say, let let him go. T- Toronto, Canada, this is a very special situation, you know, and it's like, I don't think he's ready yet to go. I think he's, as you said, Anthony, he's going to see what else is out there. And if he can convince these guys and keep them around and pick up like a stud over the summer, possibly for Van Vliet and maybe Gary Trent, He's going to try to re-up and just kind of move the dynasty forward. You know, not a dynasty as far as, you know, winning. I I, I heard that that sustained success. I'm I'm actually surprised that Fred didn't get moved. But part of that might be, hey, Fred, we need you. Listen, when you need to get your shot off, we know you can do it. Right. Then you go the rest of the season and be more of a facilitator and get everybody else involved. And I think Fred, Fred has the basketball IQ to do that. So they're betting on their own guys. I think, again, if Fred can adapt and Fred can understand, we want a chip already. I need to now be a leader, a distributing leader on this team. You can't have a 6-1 point guard dropping 40 points, shooting more shots than your so-called all-NBA. Well, not so-called. He's no, an all-NBA so-called. player. All-NBA player yeah. He's an all-NBA player. And OG, to me, is a guy that everybody covets and I'm telling you, if you move OG, you got to get the kitties litter for him. I mean, it's it's not he's not KD, but you got to get you'll probably need to get close to that because those three and D defenders who could shoot threes and that are tough, um, very hard to find. I I think I think you could command what KD got because if you look at what Gobert got in the offseason and what KD got, well, here's a more versatile player than Gobert right. and and a guy that's younger and healthier. For the most part, then KD. Yeah. Look, he's not on KD's level. That's right, but right. at the same time, he does. If you add his defense in, uh, the drop off isn't that as significant as some might think. Right. All right. So I want to. This is not Raptors roar. All right, Drew. Keep it down already. <laughs> keep it down. He got you more sports fluent. I should call you Drew. Hey, I take Drew I take cues and lessons from everybody, brother. Yeah, Anthony knows what he's talking well, about. He, he schooled you. He basically he schooled you. You turned over the ball. I don't That's take not, it personally at all, brother. Yeah, I don't it, take it, it personally. You better That's take off that shirt, anyways. Better take off that shirt. Stop hating you. You're coming at me because I'm wearing a Super Bowl jersey. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Come on, stop hating Buffalo Bills. Anthony, here, here. I gave. 
drew the script. The script, see, the NFL, the scripted. It said here in 2012 that this Super Bowl is going to be won by the Eagles 37-34, all right? So there you go. Here, yeah. okay, enough for football talk. We'll get you in a couple seconds for football. Let's talk about <laughs> two teams that, that really were active here, and that is the Brooklyn Nets and the Lakers. Let's start off with Brooklyn here because Anthony will go along with the Lakers, all right? Here, Kyrie Irving. Marquise Morris going to Dallas. Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh, uh, Brooklyn had him before. But anyway, Smith, a first-round pick in 2029, uh, second-round pick in 2027, and a second-round pick in 2029. And then you talked about the big trade here. Uh, K- Kevin Durant like to Phoenix here and T.J. Warren for uh, Bridges, Johnson, Jay Crowder, a first-round pick 2023, first-round pick 2027, first-round pick 2027, first-round pick uh, pick swap in 2028, and a first-round pick in 2029. Drew, you hogged all the mic before. Give it to Anthony. Go ahead, Anthony. You start us off first. Well, oh, was that the biggest part of that Brooklyn thing? I thought the biggest one was uh, getting Edwards and sending out the draft rights for uh, McKinney. Yeah, uh, that, that was neglected to mention that. Forgot about that one. That was that was the big one. That was the big one. Uh, listen, Brooklyn realized that this whole Kyrie KD, as I called it when it happened, was a disaster. A disaster. The absolute worst case scenario that could happen to a super team. Uh, scenario because they did everything wrong they brought in Kyrie and KD they listened to I don't know who and brought in an inexperienced coach that those guys might have signed off on but clearly didn't respect when they should have brought in a proven winner as a head coach it's a disaster from day one then what do they do they take all their incredible assets that they have Spencer Dinwiddie um, I'm forgetting the other guard's name. I don't know why I'm drawing. Uh, Karis Levert, uh, Jarrett Jack, or Jared Allen, excuse me, Allen, the, the center. Everything to move to make room for James Harden. James Harden, like, and then James, and then that doesn't work. So let's move him out. Bring in Ben Simmons, who clearly doesn't want to play basketball. Um, and and it just it blows. And then Kyrie, listen, we couldn't have expected all the off the. Th- the court stuff, you know, the, the, the pandemic, the vaccinations. Okay. We couldn't control, guess all of that stuff, but it's a complete disaster. So they did what the only thing they could do trade everybody and get as much back as you possibly can. They are 100% in the rebuild. I do want to say one thing. It was like 45 second round picks were traded today. Like what the heck is going on with these second round picks? How many do they have? But yeah, so I think Brooklyn did the right thing. They're rebuilding. They moved those guys off into better situations for both of them. And really, how many second round picks really, really make it good in the NBA, right? So it's not like a there's a, there's a, a back-to-back MVP that would tell you you got to take a chance on that okay, second round yeah, pick. Yeah, they're, they're, they're you know one out of a million. There, go, go ahead, Drew. <laughs> I mean, what an absolute disaster! In in. <laughs> Oh my goodness! You're in the second biggest market. I mean, you're in the pretty much the biggest market. What am I talking about? The biggest sporting market, the biggest media market in the world. You have KD, you have Kyrie, you have James Harden, and you end up with absolutely nothing. And now KD's gone all the way over to the West Coast. That you're happy for, but my goodness, what a disaster! Um, you could never have. I mean, you could see it as, as Anthony. You, you said it. The way Kyrie has blown up teams, you are just hoping, I think, that he could maybe not blow up this team. But when a guy's supposed to be playing a game and he's on a Zoom chat 
uh, with the city of New York talking about, I think it was COVID or whatever. Like when I saw that, I was like, my God, does this guy love basketball? Because to me, I'll tell you the honest truth. I don't see a love for basketball. And someone said it. He loves money. That's fine. But does he love basketball? Because you can be an activist. You can stand for causes. LeBron James, I, I, I Jordan's my goat. I'm not changing that. Not right yet anyways. But I'll tell you one thing. He did way better than Jordan. That stand up for the cause, especially for African-Americans, um, you know, not listening to shut up and dribble that those right wingers were trying to do to him. He has stood up for causes while he's played. He has not let that stop him from getting on the court. So let me tell you, you're getting paid $30, $40 million. You need to play basketball. When you've played for 50% of the eligible games over the past, what, three, four, five years, it's unacceptable. And I got people in some of my chat groups making excuses and saying it's the management it's this, that, which is what he was blaming. Oh, they weren't very flexible or whatever he was saying. Are you kidding me, bro? You're getting paid $40 million. All they want you to do is get on the court, play, and wow the fans and win a chip. You got swept last year, which should never have happened. You should have pride. And then now, poor KD vouched for you, brought you in, you know, brought in Harden. And KD must be saying, my goodness, I thought this guy was going to come here and play. And now, look, he's gone. So for me, um, I think Kyrie has good intentions. He wants to be a, 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 a social activist. I've said it before. Quit basketball, man. You've made enough money. Go be an activist on your own. Don't let the league force you out like some other players. Go call it a career. You won your chip and go be an activist. But you cannot be both, especially when you're only playing 50% of your games. All right. So uh, Jay Crowder got traded uh, to Milwaukee. Three-team trade. Milwaukee gets Jay Crowder. Brooklyn gets two second-round picks. And Indiana receives George Hill, Serge Ibaka, uh, second-round pick, a second-round pick, and a second-round pick there. All right? So let's – and there's another couple trades before we talk about the, the Lakers, and I'll let Anthony touch on a three-team trade here. Uh, Philadelphia, uh, Portland, and uh, Charlotte – and, of course, John Wall goes back to Houston. Uh, Luke uh, Kennard goes to uh, Memphis. And Eric Gordon goes back to uh, Clippers in a second-round pick, second-round pick, second-round pick. Everybody's second-round pick. But I want to talk on, before we talk on the Lakers, the four-team deal. Drew, you start us off because I know we talked about this months ago. James Wiseman to Detroit of all teams. We, we, you know, Gary they got uh, enough centers or what? They got enough big men there. I think Gary Payton Jr. to uh, the Warriors, the, and Portland receives Kevin Knox, a second round. Well, on two, three, four, five second round picks. All right. <laughs> five, like the, the, these second round picks, you know, it, for the amount of second round picks, one of the second round picks is going to make it. The rest is like you can blame the NBA. They put the restrictions on the first rounders, so they're just yeah. swapping second rounders. Yeah, right. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Uh, Drew. You'll well, start us off with those uh, big trades before we talk about the Lakers and close it out. Well, I don't know what Portland's doing. I'm not sure what they're doing. Um, I don't know if they're trying to half tank. Um, I can't imagine unless people were saying that um, Dame has a has a you know, saying this knows what's going to happen. I feel really sorry for him. I don't know what that team is really going to be able to do. 
um, you know, with the moves they've made. You talked about the Lakers as well. Um, I mean, well, Lakers leave the Lakers out of it until we talk about, uh, you know, who, like I told you. who else were you discussing? Wiseman, who James Wiseman, James. Wiseman. Oh, okay. So James Wiseman. Um, hmm. <laughs> I mean, what second overall pick? Um, I really liked him. I really like what he brings to brought to the table from seeing him early on. Not sure why it hasn't clicked for Wiseman. Uh, obviously, injuries have been a, a, a you know something that has affected him. I don't think Golden State was really ready in you know sh in short order to re up a guy like Wiseman who hasn't done a thing uh, and also did not apparently want to go play in the G League. Which to me, I mean, my goodness gracious, for for young people out there and young ballers, if your team is telling you to go to the G League, go to the flipping G League. You look at Corey Joseph, huge example. Corey did not have to do that. Team asked him go down to the G League and play. And Corey did it without, he actually embraced it. Um, you have to understand the NBA is tougher, especially if you're a big man. The amount of minutes you get, the amount of reps you get at that G League, le league level can definitely help you. So I don't know if Wiseman's misguided. I don't know who he has in his camp. But for the Golden State Warriors to basically pitch away number two overall, that is pretty damning right there. Go ahead, Fluent. So here, here's the thing. Uh, I, I, good for Wiseman. I think Wiseman is in a situation where he, he, his ability to play is not his ability to play in the Warriors system. They ask their bigs to handle the ball. He's not very good at doing that. They ask them to stretch the floor. He's not very good at doing that. They ask them to be unselfish. He is not good at doing that. So that it just it, that player doesn't fit, and you can tell from the G League thing. He's just not that type of player that fits into their system. So they send him to Detroit, maybe the worst possible destination from Northern California to Detroit. Like, I would be pissed. Here's the thing. They get rid of four-year, $39 million. This doesn't sound like a lot, $9.6 million a year, but it's fully guaranteed for those four years. So Golden State said, hey, we're going to cut our losses on this on this kid and see what we can get back. They get a pretty good defensive player back in Gary, in Gary Payton. So you, I think that's actually really good for them um, because he helped – uh, he was such he was he was very important uh, on yeah. a perimeter defender uh, last year. So I get it for Wiseman. Hey, maybe Dwayne. It's Dwayne Casey. I think still in Detroit. Yeah, Dwayne yes. Casey has a, has a has an opportunity now to like take this really young, really talented player and say, hey, for the rest of the season, we're not we're not they're not going anywhere. They're like last in the East. Let's feed him the ball. Let's see what he can do. He's he wants to post up. He wants to be that that guy. Let, Let's let's try it out. Um, it sets them up, I think, pretty well for the offseason because they do have 75 centers um, on the roster. So now just start moving them out. And if you look at it, they they you know, Cade Cunningham's gonna be back next year. They're gonna have uh Wiseman. Like they have a good young core if they can figure out now how to piece those uh, other pieces around them, they could actually be better than expected next year. I I, I can see them being Cleveland last year where they surprise a lot of people they're higher up in the standings they drop off near the end of the year but still i think they're going to be that team kind of team next year all right so anthony you'll go it's your team the lakers before we start on the lakers who rebuilt this uh, in a fly here let's let's give and drew said michael jordan for me also michael jordan's still the goat but the guy who has the most career points lebron james he just did it this week uh, Anthony is my producer there. Give us a clap or something like that. Give me a Ric Flair woo or something. He deserves 
That's right. All right. That two woos. It's like Ric Flair in bed. All right. So so go ahead, Anthony. Uh, Tell the world what you think of your team. First of all, let's talk about LeBron and then all the trades. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations to LeBron James. Um, This is not like I remember watching Kareem break uh, Wilt's record and everyone saying for the next 10 years, no one's ever going to break this record. It's it's not going to be broken. And so for him to, you know, come into this league with such high expectations and not only meet them, like he exceeded individual, like I get the championships and all the stuff people are knocking for, but in terms of as an individual player, he exceeded we, the, the chosen one, the king, all this stuff. He easily could have underperformed. We've had many people do that, and he didn't. His peak longevity is second to none, right? He's 38 years old, and he's still putting up 30 a game now. It's a little easier in today's league, but still, it's super impressive. The 38 thing just blew my mind, by the way. So he's 38 years old. He breaks a record that lasted for that had been out for 38 years by scoring 38 points and reaching 38,388. Crazy. He better go, go play his lottery and put in that number 38. It's just, yeah, it's it's so incredible. So good for him. Congratulations. Does it affect my GOAT status? Because uh, everyone's going to ask that. And the answer is no, because I didn't have Kareem as the GOAT. I didn't have Kareem as the greatest scorer of all time. So it's a, an incredible achievement. It's a wonderful tick on his box when you go through and do your comparison. It shouldn't change where you value him in that other debate. But as far as, hey, great, one of the greatest of all times, let's give him his respect as one of the greatest scorers of all time because I don't think people look at him. They keep saying he's a pass-first player. And the reality is, guys, he's not. He's 12th all-time in field goal attempts per game. He is not a pass. He's a make-the-right-pass player, but he is absolutely a scorer, and we should give him his respect for that. So shout-out to LeBron James, and congratulations. All right. Uh, so you want me to go right into the Lakers, or you want Drew to say his congratulations? No, no, yeah, Drew, because Drew tends to, you know, he, he, he does a halftime show. It's like Rihanna. Like All right, well, then, then since I got two minutes left, I'll tell you about my Lakers. Um, right before that other trade that happened last night to the Suns, I felt really good about what the Lakers did. Bringing in Vanderbilt, who I think is a really nice player, uh, Beasley, uh, D'Lo for some shooting, moving out Russ, which never was going to work, which we all agreed on. Then they made a smaller move, right? Moving out Pat Beverly and and Bryant. I was confused about the Bryant one until yeah. I saw the Mobamba, and I said, oh, okay, that's why they did that. So then it made sense. So now I really like that team. They're They're longer. They're more athletic. They're better defensively. They got better shooting. Can they get it together fast enough? Can Anthony Davis get and stay healthy? Two very big questions. But if they do, prior to the Phoenix trade, I was like, wow, this team can actually make a run because if they can, sh- they're, they're only like four games, I believe, out of sixth, which would give them Sacramento in the first round, which doesn't scare me. Memphis in the second round, second round, again, if all the favorites win, my, Memphis yeah. in the second round, which who knows what Memphis team you're going to get. And then the Nuggets. Okay, you got to beat the Nuggets. They're they're a great team, but it, it's a, a road that I think was achievable. KD to the Suns kind of threw a monkey wrench in that as a Laker fan. All right. Uh, so before Drew chimes in, I know Anthony, you got to go. And you'll see more of Anthony in that special Super Bowl show we have. We will cover the Super Bowl. I give him all the shekels. He's going to tell us the bets and how do you say money in Greek? Lefta. 
Left eye. See, Drew, Drew, you did. I knew that. Drew, you didn't know that. Left eye. Drew, left you, eye. You, for left this edition. Yeah. All right. You'll see give more me some money. Drew, don't worry, Drew. I know you're not going to be on the football show, but. um. That was on point. Fly Eagles fly, baby. Wait a minute. He's not going to be on the football show. I'm going to team. So oh, he's going to be on. Oh, okay. Oh, see you on the football right. show. All right. So, Anthony, tell everybody how to get sport more sports fluent. And I, Anthony, you schooled Drew. He wasn't on point. He dribbled away the ball, everything like that. Oh, hey, it was my turn. Drew schooled me so many times. It's about time. Um, I, I got one back. Uh, the easiest way now, obviously, it's sports underscore fluent and all the social media stuff. But if you just go to sportsfluent.com, all the links to all the shows, all the social media, uh, the the youth coaching, everything is all there now. Uh, Tronos, if you want to buy some incredible shoes, all of it's on sportsfluent.com. And by the way, Drew Ebanks has promised you that next week or in two weeks or in three weeks or in a month, he'll be covering your uh, grade, uh, grade 10. My GTA Mavericks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He has, <laughs> Drew, isn't that true? You have promised, right? <laughs> I don't know if I did that, but we'll see what we can do. <laughs> I'll see you in a few. I'll see you in a few. Thanks, Anthony. We're going to stay on with Drew for a couple more minutes. Uh, uh, Drew, what do you think of all the Lakers moves there? Well, I think uh, Anthony made some great points. You got younger. You need to have shooting around LeBron James. Joe, you know that. You got to have shooting because he's going to make the best play. He's going to make the best pass. He may have to shoot. And I I love what Anthony said. He actually absolutely was a scorer in the NBA. He was not that player, I think, when he was in high school. But he decided, I think, that I think that goal of being the all-time scorer, I think that was actually in the back of his mind from day one because he wasn't passive at all. He chucked up a lot of shots. He didn't shoot great from the outside at the beginning of his career, but he went to the hoop a lot and got a lot of buckets that way. But congratulations to LeBron. Incredible accomplishment. Um, a few things that were funny that night was his whole, well, his, his sons were wearing Jordans on uh, the night when he ex- eclipsed Kareem. Also, Kareem with a big Adidas jacket there, um, passing it off to a Nike guy. Like, you, you can't imagine that Nike was happy about that. Uh, but Kareem was there. And then there was some memes about Kareem's face Was he when he was in the stands um, <laughs> watching the shot. He didn't look all that happy. And you know that there haven't been, they haven't been on the same page really over the, the years. And I had asked this question, I think, a few of my friends. I was like, why is it that LeBron has really no relationship with Michael Jordan and they're Nike guys? And, mm-hmm. you know, you would think that, that Kareem – and, and, and LeBron would have patched things up and really tried to develop some type of relationship. Now, we know Kareem is kind of a, you know, he's old school. He, he Before he started, you know, retired, he was kind of anti-media. He had, like, a lot of smart-ass Alec responses to the media. But I'm actually very disappointed that one of the all-time greats who's here um, has not really embraced LeBron James. And then the other GOAT, in my opinion, has not embraced LeBron James. And I think that question really is something, Joe, I think we need to delve deeper and find out why. Why wouldn't Michael Jordan and LeBron James be like pretty much best buddies? Both Nike guys, look at LeBron, who who has done. The only way I can think, uh, like, honestly, if I'm a competitor with, you know, Michael Jordan, he's still a competitor like crazy. And, uh, you know, he when he left, 
there was no doubt. No doubt at all. He's right. number one. Now there's maybe a little bit of doubt, okay? Like, even though LeBron is, what, four and six in the finals and all that, and maybe there's a little bit of doubt, okay? So now, you know, and he's creeping up. He's 20th year. He's passing uh, scoring records and everything like that. And he has, at age 38, like you said, he's averaged 30 points. Maybe, because, you know, now um, Michael Jordan on the golf course, he kills you. He'll kill you. Like now on the golf course, he does not want to lose, right? So I don't know if it's more LeBron or is it Michael? Not I'm not saying being jealous, but the competitive spirit is like crazy. Or maybe petty, being petty. Like remember that even when they did that uh, Chicago Bulls series, there's still hatred between Isaiah Thomas and Michael Jordan 25 years later. Yeah, there's still hatred for sure. Um, They don't get along, and Isaiah just keeps on trying to poke the bear. Uh, Jordan's not even taking the bait for that. But I'm still, like I said, I'm still disappointed. I I think LeBron being what he is, I think him and Jordan should have had a better relationship. And then I think even with Kareem, it just doesn't seem they're embracing it. I wonder, I wonder, Joe, if it's the whole King thing. I wonder if the whole King James from the get-go riled up these riled these guys to think king wait a minute hold on you can't be anointed king you haven't done anything yet in the league and they're calling you the king so i'm just wondering i'd love to have a debate i'd love to bring more basketball heads on to talk why is there no relationship between michael jordan and and in fact why wasn't there a relationship between kobe really and lebron like there's just something that's odd here about that but i like as as you said as uh anthony said the lakers have to put shooting have to put some youth and length and actually have to put some actual basketball players on the team pat beverly all respect he's an nba player yeah i know he was like top scorer when he was in high school but man i think i could go out there before i tore my achilles and and harass people on defense and run around like a chicken with my head cut off and actually not even put up any buckets uh and play as good as as him obviously i'm joking around he's an nba player but he was not to the level that the Lakers need. Now, if they stay healthy, if AD can do his thing, if LeBron can find the shooters, uh, you know, if D'Angelo can actually play, uh, you know, he had some controversy when he was with the Lakers before. Yeah. If they can get over that, maybe they can inch in, as uh, he said, Anthony, they're to sixth, seventh place, maybe sixth, uh, and get that playoff spot. You know, in LA, they're pulling for it to happen. But another thing, Joe, just to point out, what I what I also was laughing at was the game where LeBron won, I mean, sorry, got the scoring t- uh, title. How do you lose that game? I mean, how do you lose a game where you know you need playoff wins? You cannot lose against OKC. Yes, our guy Shea, you know, did his thing, 30 mm-hmm. points in that game. My goodness. He he looked head and shoulders above pretty much everybody, maybe except for LeBron in that game. But how do you lose that game, Joe? So uh, we'll close it out on the NBA jump ball with – Raptors, where you know, I got Captain Canada here. We're based out of Toronto. Uh, maybe um, Anthony will come back or not here. But let's talk. Are you disappointed with all the trade talk here? With you know, Pascal may be gone, OG may be gone, Fred Van Fleet, Gary Trent, uh, Tracy Murray, Morris Peterson, all these players may be gone. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. are you upset that nothing else happened, or are you content with? Go as we are, and he's going to do like this offseason. 
we're going to find out what what's really going down in, in the Raptorville here, okay? Because the we never hear anything from the Raptors. All all the time, trades are Yakapurdo, a big surprise, right? Surprise, we don't hear, but we're hearing, uh, you know, OG. We're hearing Gary Trent. We're hearing Fred Van Fleet. And Fred Van Fleet is the school of Kyle Lowry that nothing gets, uh, you know, nothing gets said, nothing gets what we're hearing. So we're going to hear... And we're going to be surprised. I'm telling you, we're going to be surprised because I think it's about time, you know, like he did it with DeMar with, you know, training the face of the franchise. Now, is the the face of the franchise Pascal and the second face OG? And and really, the first face may be Fred Van Fleet because the big shots and coming there. Fred Van Fleet, really, when it was game six in 2019 when they won the title, he came up big also with Kawhi. So he may be the face of franchise. It's about time that Misai trades again the face of the franchise. I mean, I'm not disappointed. I'm actually surprised that no one major was moved. I think Misai still thinks that there's a reason that, you know, he did that and that they still have a chance to make the playoffs. My question also is, why isn't there no scrutiny on Nick Nurse? <laughs> why is everybody looking at the player? Hmm? That's what we talked about last show. When is it about time? Somebody, somebody. Yes, he won the title. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, they played the COVID year in Tampa. All right. Yes. But when is it about time? Three years already. When is it about time to say, is Nick Nurse not a good coach? A coach that gets them to the another, to the second promised land. You, you, you can't rest. Only Maple Leaf fans can do this. They win the Stanley Cup. We're going to talk about it for another 57 years because they haven't been to uh, first round in 20 years out of first round. So when they win the Stanley Cup, it's a national holiday. But again, when is it going to be winning a round, winning two rounds? Again, it's nobody's talking about, uh, you know, Nick Nurse. He's the coach of Canada. You're Captain Canada. He's the coach of Canada. My thing about Nick Nurse is, I mean, I don't know if he – he fosters a lineup that, you know, other than the first six or seven players, he fosters nine players. Pardon me? He has a rotation of eight eight to nine players. That's it. And the ninth player, Malachi Flynn, I'm telling you right now, would be good. Maybe not great, would be good in any other team. He just can't see the floor. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know if he's the guy to foster that confidence in the rest of the guys and move guys up in the rotation or move guys confidence up i think that's an issue right there when you're relying on six seven eight guys whole season not only is it the rest of the roster but it's also tough physically on the players that are asked to carry that many minutes i believe fred van vliet uh was the most or second most uh, minutes uh, in the nba so it, no one's really asking or questioning. It seems like Nick Nurse is getting a free pass. I mean, yes, he won the title, but come on, what have you done for me lately? This this roster, the way they play is discombobulated, and there's no real continuity. There's no real sense that this is a team. And if they don't change that, then I think Masai is going to have to make some, some real serious moves. But I think right now he's giving Nurse, he's giving these players the benefit of the doubt. I think he really, Joe, by not doing anything, says, guys, you can do something. You need to do something. The ball's in your court. Let's see what you got. All right, Drew, as we close it out, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. 
Always hit me up on Point Basketball, Instagram and Facebook, Drew Banks on Twitter and on Point Basketball. Dot com. Thank you guys. Um, great to hear all the trades going on in the NBA. It's uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Uh, where did he end up now? Out of Utah. I can't remember, but he was moved uh, as well. So good luck to Nikhil. Um, you know, and the Canadians, are, obviously, we mentioned Ken Birch uh, as well. Uh, he's gone uh, and hopefully he's going to find a spot uh, in the rotation also uh so you know um canadians they're always doing good things you saw as we mentioned shay what he did uh when they faced the lakers uh he uh, you know did his thing took down lebron and the lakers as well um just seeing here where did he go nikhil he, um, he went to minnesota minnesota he went to minnesota right yeah. so i mean it's a log jam there at the guard spot hey maybe they buy him out maybe the raptors pick him up i think he could bring some shooting uh, and a, a big guard that the Raptors could use, I think. And you know what? To be honest with you, he can actually play some points. So I think, you know, look out to see what happens with Alexander Walker. I think he's a player that has a lot of upside still, um, you know, uh, for this NBA basketball game. So let's hope he does well where he is. And maybe you never know, he'll end up in his hometown of Toronto, Canada. Well, thanks a lot to Anthony K and Drew Ebanks. This has been NBA Jump Ball, the trade deadline recap. Thanks a lot, Drew. Thanks, Joe. That was Drew Ebanks and Anthony K with NBA Jump Ball trade deadline recap. Uh, of course, uh, these guys are really big. And check out Anthony K Sports Fluent. Um, his show really great caught ESPN's eyes and everything like that. Uh, we're going to go to my good friend. We haven't seen him in a few weeks. Steve Carney of uh, Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg area. Steve, uh, a very big part now, now really an MLB major league baseball executive. And we talk a little bit major league baseball and you'll see Steve also uh, with um, talking wrestling and then followed with John Carlo about wrestling and MMA UFC. But here is Steve Carney talking about Major League Baseball. Hey everybody, this is Joseph Pasek to the Fired Up Network. Welcome to the special Super Bowl edition of NFL Blitz with my good friend Tampa St. Petersburg. I haven't seen him maybe in a year, all right, since 2023. Steve Carney. Steve has told me that he hasn't, you know, he's getting very sluggish, hasn't worked and in, in, in around Tampa and doesn't, uh, you know, then I said, I called my good friends at Major League Baseball, Steve Carney, the Major League Baseball executive, is complaining that he's not working. Steve, what, <laughs> what the, when the president of the provinces of Canada calls and Major League Baseball listens, what did they do to you, Steve? Well, obviously, you talk to the uh, commissioner of the World Baseball Classic because uh, this has this has turned into an absolute—I won't call it a nightmare, but it is a nightmare-like scenario uh, for people uh, who enjoy maybe getting a day off here or there because <laughs> that's not happening to your boy. Uh, <laughs> I am—I'm uh, going to be a busy, busy beaver here. Uh, starting like next week and uh, not stopping until probably sometime in November. All right. So I think you got 33, 34 games in 30 days. So I have 30, I have 33 games in 31 days during spring training with nary a single day off. So, Steve, so I will work every day. So I'm going to tell you, you, you have to take care of your glutes 
You I have fire my glutes. What am I? Who am I? Tiger Woods? <laughs> you have to <laughs> you have to take care of your hamstring, your elbow, and all that. So what? I what just have doing? to worry about. I just have to worry about not falling over like a sack of potatoes, like I did during Christmas, giving myself a high ankle sprain like Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> now what? What do you have to do for media trading there? Because you know, thirty three days and thirty one days, uh, thirty three games and thirty one days. Really, Steve, you got to do some extra stretching, and and got to you got to get your mind ready and all that. That well, know, obviously, obviously, I've got to strengthen my lead foot because there's going to be at least one day where it's going to be. Uh, I have I have one one uh, day where I've got two games. Uh, the first one is a one o'clock. Uh, first pitch in Clearwater, and the second one is a six o'clock first pitch in Sarasota, which is about an hour and a yeah. half drive uh, from Clearwater. And you know, thank God for the pitch clock because I could only imagine what it would be like if I was like say four thirty, and I have to try and get there for six <laughs> o'clock. Um, and oh, by the way, it's on a Friday. So, of course, you're going to have Friday rush hour. Uh, but you know what? I asked for this. I, this, is the, this is the job I signed up for, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun um, getting to uh, be a part of what will be a, uh, a first group. Uh, you know, I'm going to be one of the first people ever to work uh, the pitch clock in a major league game. Uh, I get to do that on uh, February 25th in Lakeland. Uh, for the Detroit Tigers, that'll be fun. So I get to be one of the first people ever uh, to do a uh, to do a, uh, a spring training game with the pitch clock. Now, Steve, stop complaining. You're a Major League Baseball executive. Then you get paid. The Trust me, if I, if I was an executive, Joe, I, I would first give myself a raise, and secondly, stop I would it. fire. You're I would fire Marty stop Roberts. It. I would, I would fire Marty it? Roberts. What? what? Why don't you think about the independent owners of, of companies like Fired Up Network? Throw them a bone, you selfish prick. Come on. All right. Uh, what was that? You said you want you want me to bone independent owners like the folks that Fired Up Network? I will screw you over an RP, by, by the way, Steve, so I, I'm very disappointed with you. Very disappointed. Last night, uh, yesterday, my birthday, 49 year. Next year, you're coming to Toronto. My big 50th. Uh, I got you the same thing I got you last year, Joe. Yeah, nothing, which makes exactly. it uh, the same thing for two years. And hey, me, means four it's, years. Me, me, means it's always in your size. No, I got you that Dunn. I get you that Dunn hat. I get you the bucket hat. Yeah, what, what, what are you getting me this year? You didn't. You didn't even. I'm not even going to be Daddy O. Come I, on, I, they lost the tag team titles. I'm not even. I'm not even going to be in Dunedin this year for spring training. That's amazing. I've got I've got eleven games uh, featuring the New York Yankees at Steinbrenner Field. I've got eight more in Clearwater. I got five at the Trout. I've got four in Lakeland. I'll go to Bradenton, Sarasota. I'm even going to Northport to see the Atlanta Braves. But I'm not going to Dunedin to see the Blue Jays. I'm not going to get to see my old friend Kevin Kiermaier uh, in spring training. Very. I'm, I'm. I'm. I am kind of upset about that. I would like to see KK, but uh, I'm not going to get to. Uh, see him at home. I will get a chance to see him a couple times on the road. So I definitely will make sure I say hi to him if he's coming. But did you mention you're going to see the New York Yankees eleven times? So you want my? I got eleven games at Steinbrenner Field. All right. 11. So here, here, here's my birthday present. I'll, I'll least, tell you right fav- now. least favorite spring training venue. 
I'll tell you right now, and we'll get to why, but I'll tell you right now what you're going to do for my birthday, okay? You see number 99 in, in, in New York Yankee colors, right? His name is Aaron Judge, right? You, you tell him, Aaron, here, look at my new my new computer screen and my everything. You slip your hand down his pants and take, his wallet, take his wallet and... <laughs> Oh, you slip my hand down here and judge his pants. Come on, man. All right. So, so we go from that to Major League Baseball. Then we'll get, we'll do a Super Bowl preview here. But let's talk about Tampa Bay. Let's talk about the Blue Jays. Uh, start off with the Blue Jays. Bo Bichette finally does not do arbitration. Signs a three-year deal for <clears throat> nobody knows how much money. Okay. it's From what I hear, it's $33 million, but whatever. Okay. And they signed Vlad, and they signed this. What are what is the hole? And you're you're from Tampa, so it's not biased. What do you think is the hole that has to be filled still with a couple weeks heading into spring training? Well, I mean, I think the big question for Toronto is going to be it. Can, you know, Bobuchet's always had issues in the field. You know, at, at shortstop, uh, are you are you willing? to go through another 162-game campaign with Bo Bichette as your shortstop, or are you looking to maybe move him to the outfield or move him to third base or, or whatever you whatever you think you might want to do with, uh, with Bo Bichette? I think that that's going to be a – that's an issue. Uh, I am still curious to see what the Blue Jays' bullpen looks like uh, this year. We we all know, and the, the folks – in. You know, they're in Toronto, certainly uh, understand what Jordan Romano brings to the table. But I, I would like to see how they um, how John Schneider and the and the coaching staff are going to piece things from the starting pitching staff, which I think is is good to Romano, who I think is good using a couple of pieces that, mm, you know, the, the jury's still out on. So I think that those are the two biggest uh, pieces uh, you know, phys- you know, of of those groups. The other thing is, you've got three, you've got three or four pieces that, yeah, especially three that signed in this off season that are known for not being on the field all the time. You've got a couple of guys that have lower body issues that are now going to spend. 81 games on the turf at Rogers Center. Now, one of them is used to spending 81 home games uh, on the turf in Kevin Kiermaier, but Brandon Belt has had knee issues, and I know he's not going to play every day, but he's going to be still be playing on the turf at Rogers Center. Dalton Varsho's had uh, injury issues, and of course, George Spring uh, a couple of years ago had uh, in 2021 had injury issues with the Blue Jays. If those guys stay healthy. I think they've got a very strong uh, outfield, and you know, with uh, with Brandon Bell, the guy that you can platoon. But the question is, can those four guys stay healthy? All right, let's get to uh, your the Rays. Uh, are you happy with what they did in the off season? And and what's this I hear about finally revamping Tropicana Field or a new field or go ahead tell everybody because we've talked about this for God three four years. Yeah, it really has been. Uh, it's been kind of crazy. Uh, we'll start with the stadium because I think that's the big. That's been the big question for the Rays hanging over their head: is where is this new stadium going to be? Is it going to be in the Tampa Bay area? Are, are they going to look to try and move 
the team out of Tampa Bay to someplace uh, else, you know, Charlotte and Montreal and Nashville and Las Vegas and Portland are all looking to try and bring Major League Baseball to their to their cities. And they were curious as to whether uh, they felt that uh, those uh, places could be more viable than the Tampa Bay market. And the answer turned out to be no. And not only did it not uh, turn out to be the case, it turned out that the, the uh, ideal spot for this new stadium is, drum roll please, right where the old stadium is in the Tropicana Field site. And I know people will go, well, people don't go there now. What makes you think that if you build a new stadium that there's going to be more people that go there? The, the, when they built Tropicana Field back in the late 80s, what they did was they built a ballpark. And what teams have learned around Major League Baseball, especially over the last, say, seven to ten years, is that when you're looking, you can't just build a ballpark. Look at what's going on in Miami with the Marlins. They built that brand-new uh, ballpark in the uh, shadow of what was then the orange ball, but there's nothing around it, you know? So of course people aren't going to go. People want to go when it becomes uh, a destination for other things apart from baseball. Look at what uh, Atlanta did with their new ballpark uh, in Cobb County. They built a whole residential and retail area around it to kind of draw people in, not just for ball games, but for other things as well. Look at San Diego. Yes, I know San Diego is downtown, but yeah. they built up the gas lamp district around Petco Park. Look at what happened in uh, in Washington, D.C. with Nationals Park. It was in a not very good neighborhood in Washington, D.C., but they built around it and they made it a nice area to be in, the Navy Yard area in D.C. And that's what the Rays want to do in St. Petersburg. There's going to be new residential. There's going to be new retail. There's going to be this green space. There's going to be a lot going on other than just a ballpark. And I think that that's going to make a difference in wanting and making people want to come across those bridges that everybody talks about. Yeah, anyway, go crack your bridge. That they're going to want to come across the bridge to experience this. And not only that, by building more residential close to the ballpark, you also bring the number of people within a thirty-minute drive up, which is a good sign as well. So that's the stadium side of things. Now on the field. Uh, you know, for the most part, I, I've been pretty pleased with what the Rays have done. Have they gone out and made a splash uh, signing a big-name free agent? Did they get Xander Bogarts? Did they get uh, Trey Turner? Did they get Dansby Swanson? No, of course they didn't. They didn't need a shortstop. They got a shortstop locked up long-term. But what they did was they helped to uh, fortify what they do best. And that is pitch. They went out and got Zach Eflin for three years and $40 million and then used their money not to not to go out and bring somebody in, but to keep the folks that are here locked up for the long term. They go out and they sign Jeffrey Spring. They give Jeffrey Springs four years. They give Pete Fairbanks three years. They give Yandy Diaz three years. I like those. I like those moves because it helps to. Uh, build out the core you know wander franco that deal is 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 the core 
Brandon Lau is the core. And now you're starting to see, okay, you've got Manuel Margot, you've got Jose Siri, you've got Yandy Diaz, you've got Jeffrey Springs, you've got Drew Rasmussen, you've got you've got all these pieces now, and you're building a nice tight core to go along, or you know, the the pieces to build on that core of the Wander Francos, Brandon Labs, etc. So uh, continuing in the AL East, there's some talk, and I heard maybe you hear of this, that they want to revamp Camden Yards throughout baseball. Camden Yards is, is the stadium of all stadiums, put it that way. And now they want to revamp it. What do you hear they want to do with Camden Yards? I mean, yes, Camden Yards is is the prototype. You know, there was, there was cookie cutters. And, and Tropicana Field is is really one of the last of the cookie cutters between it and U.S. Cellular Field and the Rogers Center, all built in the late 80s and built for multiple purposes. You know, Rogers Center is hosted, you know, Canadian football. It's hosted American football. It's hosted baseball. Um, you look at Tropicana Field is hosted baseball. It's hosted football. It's hosted hockey. Uh, so they've had they've had all of these uh, all these things that have gone on. U.S. Cellular Field has hosted football. It's hosted hockey. It's hosted baseball. Um, but really, Camden Yards is was become the the new jewel boxes. You know, fit into a neighborhood and and is beautiful. And everybody remembers when Camden Yards opened. If you're old, if you're thir- if you're over thirty five, you remember when Camden Yards opened. But remember, Camden Yards is 30 years old now. And so they are looking to try and revamp things. I don't think they're going to rebuild Camden Yards per se, but you're going to start seeing, and you've started seeing it a little bit, you know, things are going to get tweaked here and there. You know, they moved the seats back at Camden out in uh, out in left center. So it's not quite so easy to hit home runs in. You're going to see some other things that are going to go on. You're going to see revamping of the uh, the luxury areas to make them more suitable for today's uh, sports fan, which is totally different than it was back in 1993. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what, you know, how – they look at what's going to go on with some of these new stadiums that are being built. You know, the new Tropicana Field, uh, the the new Oakland A's Stadium, whether that be at the Howard Terminal in Oakland or in Las Vegas or in Portland. Uh, you know, I, I really do think that you're going to see pieces that are going to be taken from some of these new stadiums for projects like what they're going to do in Camden Yards. I mean, let's let's face it. You know, sports betting is going to be a big part of things going forward. And it would not surprise me if you see ballparks with sports books in them that are going to be open year round. So you're always getting people in there and there's always revenue coming through those buildings. So you keep on mentioning uh, from what you hear, new teams in Vegas and Portland, Nashville and all that. If I'm going to ask you, when they expand, they're not going to expand to one team. All right. Um, no, they're going to do two. You're going to go. This is not the NHL. You don't go 30, 31, 32. You go 30 to 32. And then there's talk uh, of also realigning the divisions at that point. Yeah. Because at 32, it makes sense 
that you go with four four team divisions in, in each league. Uh, and and then it makes it makes setting up uh, your divisionals a little easier. It makes setting up, uh, especially with how the schedule is becoming more balanced. It's not completely balanced, but having 19 games against divisional opponents is going to be a is is a little tough. But if you're going to say have of your 162 games, if you're going to have 36 of them be against the other three divisional opponents, and that gives you 130 games to work in the other uh, 28 teams at that point. So I, I I think it it makes sense that you go from uh, from six uh, from from six divisions to eight at that point. So is it basically one American League, one National? And let, yeah, let... it'll be it'll be one American because right now the the leagues are at, at two fifteens. So you yeah. uh, obviously you're going to go to two sixteens. But then the question becomes: Does a team flip back? Because remember, Milwaukee now in the National League used to be in the American League. Houston yeah. now in the American League used to be in the National League. Yeah, you know, yeah. you could do one of each, and then uh, and then have flip and and flip around. Do not be surprised if those two teams, Milwaukee and Houston particularly, end up flipping back, yeah. and then end up flipping back to the national uh, to the national to the original leagues. That could happen. Be very interesting because the you know the Astros you know have had their success in the American League what would yeah. how will things be different if they move back to the National League I don't think you have to worry too much because you know there's the the universal DH but it could be yeah. interesting you know will there be a team would could Houston become the first team to win a World Series as both an American League and a National League team and will they be cheating in the not never mind all right so I'm going to be asking you this um two teams you say if I say okay we're 2023 2025, which two teams you think would be awarded expansion? I don't think expansion's coming that quickly. Um, I think they're going to want to get those two new stadiums up and running, and then you look to expand. So, like, I'm thinking expansions are going to be like 20. I, I think they may announce it in 2027 and be ready to go in 2030. Um, that being said, uh, even even if they announce it in 2025 and say, okay, now that we've got the the stadiums uh, situations resolved in Tampa Bay and Oakland, and now we can look to expand, and, and they do do it in 2025. You know, I, I am kind of curious because you know that the expansion fee is going to be something ridiculous. Yep. And, it, and then it becomes, okay, who's got the money to off, you know, to in hand because it's going to be like three or four billion dollars i would assume minimum uh for an expansion fee it may be even more than that depending on you know some of the other sales of teams in other sports now i i you know you look at the the price that you're going to get in some of these other teams like you know, like what they paid for the Phoenix, oh, what the, that guy just paid for the Phoenix Suns, or what yeah. Jeff Bezos may be looking to pay to, to buy the Washington Commanders from Dan Snyder. Um, but I, I, I really do think that, you know, it's part of the reason why Major League Baseball was against the split season for the Tampa Bay Rays, other than the fact that it was a stupid idea. Um, 
you know, they thought, why are we going to take $1 billion of Stephen Bronfman's money for one ownership group when we could have three or $4 billion of Stephen Bronfman's money and split it between every ownership group? You know, I, I don't I don't know if Montreal is that group though. Um not Montreal. I don't I don't think it's gonna be Montreal. It would not surprise me if one of them is Nashville and the other one is Portland. Um I don't say Vegas only because I think that the Oakland A's are gonna end up in Las Vegas. That's what uh, that's what I hear. So uh, this is what I have heard just recently, and maybe you can Say yes, no, whatever. Oakland goes to Vegas. Nashville gets an expansion team. And and, uh, another expansion team happens more in the East Coast, I heard. So uh, maybe Charlotte. Maybe they go Charlotte, Nashville, Vegas gets Oakland and all that. Is When they go to Charlotte and Nashville, is that too close to have two expansion teams? Or should they go... Somewhere else, I I don't even know. I'm I'm just speculating because I know one thing: Nashville's getting a team, and Vegas is going to get either Oakland or or, or going to get a team. That's what I heard. I heard by 2025. Now the third team where it's going to be an expansion team, I don't know. I hear Charlotte, but I think Charlotte Nashville may be too close. Do you hear any other team? Because if you're going to go with Oakland to to Vegas. Portland and Vegas, basically, it's the same like Charlotte and Nashville. Yeah, I, I, that's why I think it might be Nashville and Portland with with the A's going to Vegas. But that's um, still too close, right? It's not as close as you think. I mean, Portland's out on the water. You know, um, you know, Vegas is down in the desert. Um, you know, and, and you know, you you really have to look at okay, how do we regionally because once you go to 32, it makes sense to go to four fourteen divisions in each league. So where um, are you going to put Vegas, okay, goes with L.A., Arizona, and, and Anaheim? or And then where are you going to leave Portland? With Seattle? or? Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's where the, the question becomes. Do you, have, do you make it Vegas, uh, Arizona, and... And remember, you've got you've got five teams in that area because you've yeah. got Vegas, you've got Arizona, you've got San Diego, and you've yeah. got two, both LA teams yeah. at that point. And so it may make sense to go uh, mostly because Arizona is in the Mountain Time Zone and Vegas is in the Pacific Time Zone to go Vegas, San Diego, and the two LA teams, and then move uh, Arizona in with the Texas teams, which are in the central time zone. And so you would have uh, Arizona, you would have uh, Dallas and, and, uh, you know, the Rangers and the Astros, and then uh, probably Colorado, because that's also mountain time zone. So um, that, that makes a little more sense. It's a little bit more of a, of a travel uh, issue logistically. It's not as simple as, uh, yeah. As Vegas, San Diego, and the and the two LA teams, but it kind of makes sense. And then you would have um, San Francisco uh, with Portland and Seattle. And I'm trying to I'm trying to think off the top of my head where you could go with that. But those three, and maybe you could get and you could add something in there. But again, this is all something that's going to happen 
uh, and it's going to be figured out by people that are a hell of a lot smarter than me uh, at this point. So uh, me, uh, I'm just speculating as as a reporter uh, of how I would do it. And the other team, I, I did hear the other team. The other team, for me, it makes a little bit of sense. I don't Indianapolis. It's too small of a TV market. Okay. Um, that's the that's the other thing that I know that you know that the owners are are certainly looking at uh, on the American size uh, side yeah. of things. Um, you have to look at you know um, what what the the different uh, television markets are. And so as as I as I look it up here, um, you know, you look at uh, Charlotte is uh, as I as I'm, I'm trying to pull this up very quickly. Uh, Portland and Charlotte are, are numbers 21 and 22. Uh, Indianapolis is 25. Nashville is 29. Uh, crazily enough. So. Uh, but you're but you're looking at uh, a lot of teams, and and Vegas is forty. So, yeah. um, you know that's that's the other thing that you've got to look at is they're also looking at. Um, uh, so, is there any other team that that maybe our top twenty that's not in baseball yet? Um, really, it's it's funny you you mention it. Here's the here are the top twenty uh, markets television wise. Uh, in the United States. Of course, New York is one, LA, Chicago is three, Philadelphia, Dallas, San Francisco is six, uh, Atlanta, Houston, Washington, DC, Boston, Phoenix, Seattle, Tampa, Minneapolis, Detroit, Denver, Orlando is 17, but it's, com but it's combined with Daytona beach. Mm. Um, Miami is 18. Cleveland is 19. Sacramento is 20. So, but, you know, would you, would you want to play in Sacramento uh, or would you want to play in Portland, which is 21? Yeah. Portland. So, yeah, I, I would, I, if I'm major league baseball, I don't think there's much difference between 20 and 21, but you look at it, uh, you know, Portland is 21, Charlotte is 22, Raleigh Durham is 23, uh, Indianapolis 25. Uh, looking at some of the other cities that don't have baseball that are in like the top 50, uh, Indianapolis, Na uh, Nashville is 29, Salt Lake City is 30, San Antonio is 31, Hartford is 32, um, and then you're starting to get into some, uh, some of the smaller, uh, yeah. what you would call college towns like Columbus, Ohio, Greenville, South, uh, Greenville, North Carolina, uh, and, the, and the Asheville, North, you know, so Western North yeah. Carolina, Austin, Texas, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, which you're not going to go to, no. uh, Jacksonville, Oklahoma City, you know, that, and that's now you're getting into, now you're getting close to 50. So, what, like you said, it could be uh, like Vegas and Nashville and maybe outside. I still have heard Indianapolis and you mentioned 25. So, that's realistically those three teams maybe with charlotte there also but uh those three four teams there uh expanding in yeah, the baseball yeah the other the other thing to remember is uh is t uh, television and territorial rights yeah um you know it's kind of like the the whole issue that that we had when uh when the nationals 
came back or Baltimore. were moved from Montreal with Baltimore. You know, Baltimore that that had been their legacy territorial uh, rights for over thirty years at that point. So they ended up having. So you go to if you go to Indianapolis, you're basically smack dab between say Cleveland and Chicago. Well, so, Cincinnati too, right? And Cincinnati, yes. That's yeah. the. Those are those are the big the big teams that you've got to worry about at that point is you know how much are you infringing on the Guardians, the Reds, and the two Chicago teams. All right, so that's the baseball talk here. We'll get to that's uh, Steve Carney, a good friend of mine from uh, Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg, Florida. He'll be back with uh, a wrestling thought. But again, want to take this special opportunity and uh, belated happy birthday to uh, Daniel Spencer, referee for the Fired Up Network. Old lefty 22, the grizzled young veteran, Marty Roberts, turning 62, never looks a day over 52. Myself, also want to thank my family. Great birthday, one of the best birthdays uh, ever yesterday. I want to thank my family, mom, dad, uncle, uh, brother, sister, uh, girlfriend, Patricia, really going out of her way. And somebody who's very unsung here, who really did me, and I like I was moved is uh, Alexis. Uh, I want to give her a special shout-out, Alexis. Um, thank you for the gift. Thank you for the phone call. Really meant a lot. And uh, do well in school. Attend school. School is very important for the kids who uh, want to be on the Fired Up Network, and I make them a superstar. Also, Alexis, Patricia, don't, Patricia tells me, Alexis, don't forget to brush your teeth. All right. So uh, we'll uh, throw it into now my good friend, Giancarlo Alino, who um, is going to talk a little wrestling here. Of course, we haven't talked about um, wrestling and everything like that. Here's Giancarlo Alino on the On the Mat Wrestling Show. Uh, big pay per view this week from Tampa Bay, NWA. Enough said. Here's Giancarlo. Hey everybody, this is Joseph Hasek and welcome to the Fired Up Network. Welcome to the On The Mat Wrestling Show with my good friend Giancarlo Alino, who did not give me a birthday present. Very, 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 but he, he you know, who has better hair, like, like I cut my hair and like a better shirt here and all that. Giancarlo, 49 years old. Do I look 49? Next year, you better come up with something big. The big 5-0. Do I look 49, Giancarlo? No, not at all. <laughs> there you go. That's the best compliment you ever gave me. All right. We're going to first start off the On the Mat Wrestling Show with uh, some... Let's start off with the good news and then the bad news, all right? Here. Broken here first on, well, Fired Up Network. Now, next Saturday, Giancarlo is not going to go to Montreal. He can't. He is barred from going to Montreal like the Uso, one of the Usos. I'll get to that in a second, all right? He's barred, but it looks like Elimination Chamber. Of course, you have Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, but it looks like you have Damage Control, Bailey, Dakota Kai, Eagle Sky, up against Becky Lynch, Lita, and who, John Carlo? Who? You're very good friends with her. Who? A York University alum who started on live audio wrestling. Who's that? Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's Trish Stratus, Trish Stratus, Lita, and Becky Lynch against Damage Control, 
Trish Stratus will be on Raw from Brooklyn at the Barclays Center Monday. That will happen. By the way, you've seen Bailey with uh, uh, an arm in the sling. Watch that be a storyline. All right? Watch that be a storyline there. So that is what's going to happen here. Also, great promo by Cody Rhodes and the wise man, second wise man, number one wise man, me, uh, Paul Heyman on Raw. What did you think? Yeah, I thought that was great. I just hope that they have other things planned because I don't want it to be the focus on Dusty Rhodes here. Like it's Cody Rhodes who's trying to be a star on his own. And if they keep going back to the well there, then everyone's just going to assume, okay, it's the whole program's about Dusty Rhodes. So I hope the focus goes back on Cody. Maybe Roman will take a dig at AEW and uh, make that storyline a little more personal in that regard. But uh, yeah, I thought it was fine and a good way to start the program for so, WrestleMania. So let me ask you, it's right now, as we sit here, February 9th, it's Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes. Should it be Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, and Sami Zayn? Because, you know, I mentioned the Usos. Here it is. One of the Usos cannot come across the border because of uh, prior DUIs. So if that if they, they're trying to n- negotiate with the government, and, you know, I'm the president of provinces of Canada, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, we can, we can make magic happen. But anyways, so if that doesn't happen, look for them to film a vignette taking out uh, Sami Zayn a little bit or whatever, causing uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn against the Usos for the tag team titles at WrestleMania or... That, like I mentioned, could be Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, or it could be night one, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, part two, and then Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, and night two. Again, everything everything changes because they wanted Roman Reigns and The Rock. That's, you know, what we hear now and everything like that. So, again, everything is fluent and everybody, everything could change here. But you know what changed? A title change on AEW Dynamite last night. And boy, the guns, the guns are your new tag team champions. They defeated the acclaim. Now, Giancarlo, I have only um, three words for you. Scissor me, daddy-o. They lost. What happens then? I think they're going to rematch. And I think Billy Gunn's going to turn on the acclaimed. Correct. For once, you got a prediction right. Correct. Now, as I was celebrating my birthday without a present from Giancarlo Lino, notice I'm going to mention that 45 times. All right. I get a call. I get a call from my good Jewish friend. Do you know who it is? No. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Uh, he what he mentioned, by the way, the live he was mentioning was Liv Morgan. All right. You know, he was dating her and and all that, all right? Great promo by MJF. MJF, Brian Danielson, pay-per-view March 5th. Are you excited? Yeah, it's a great show. It's going to shape up to be one. It's going to lead into when they come back to Canada, when they go to Winnipeg. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Interesting to see what they're going to have planned uh, for that trios title with Kenny Omega and the Elite. So it should be an interesting one. Yeah, and uh, don't forget, you, you mentioned the tag team title, uh, changing hands. MJ, I don't think MJF's going to lose, but the trios title. And, and you know what? I have under good authority that 
Adam Cole, baby, may be making his wrestling, I shouldn't say debut, return in Winnipeg. Mm. Who can Adam Cole go up against in Winnipeg? Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Maybe it's that guy who appeared against Ricky Starks in a mask and everything. Maybe. What do you say? I think it'd be uh, a nice storyline. Should go with it. Uh, But Adam Cole now, he's going to put the whole roster there on notice. It's just going to be interesting to see what Tony Khan has planned for him. All right. So I I got a question about, uh, finally, about AEW ladies division. Who's a face and who's a heel? Because it looks like they got everybody now. Uh, Paige turning heel. Everybody's a heel. It's Ruby Ruby Soho as face or a heel now because she's sort of going with Britt Baker. So is Britt Baker a face or a heel? Who is a face and who is a heel? All I know is Jade Cargill, face heel. She's the best. Go ahead. I don't even know who's a face and heel anymore either. Uh, Jade Cargill was a baby face for a few weeks, even when they came to Canada for Dynamite and Rampage. A few weeks that followed because of that whole Nyla Rose angle. And then she's a heel again. And uh, I don't know what's going on with uh, Britt Baker. Maybe they want Soraya to be the top heel, but it's all confusing. At the end, as long as the matches are great and the quality improves, then that's all you can ask for. All right. I want to talk about two other things here. Just head back to uh, WWE and NXT. Mella is money. That's all I'm saying. And Mello never misses. Mello against Braun Breaker. I think this is the end of Braun Breaker being a champion. I think after WrestleMania, Braun Breaker will break something in the WWE main roster. What do you say? I hope so. Uh, I think he's ready, and it just would add a lot more depth to whatever roster, freshen things up. Maybe he goes after Austin Theory. Uh, they can go for the U.S. title with Braun Breaker, so it should be interesting. All right. So as you can see here in the background, I don't know how many people know that there's a pay-per-view, not premier live event, pay-per-view. Again, not premier live event. It's by the NWA. Now, John Carlo, you were missed uh, last week here on uh, Fired Up Network Wrestling Show. You attended the ceremony, the wedding ceremony of Aaron Stevens. All right. John Carlo, by the way, I spoke to Aaron. He is really, really pissed off at you. You had one job, one job to make everything legal. You were with Santino, not Santino, Santimo. All right. You were with Santimo. You had to. She's from Brazil. You had to make sure she can stay in America and all that. And you failed. Now, Aaron Stevens, I don't know if he's going to finish with May Valentine, or maybe it's going to be Valentine May. Maybe he goes after Bully Ray. Maybe he goes after Giancarlo, but he is really pissed off. Do you want to say anything? Anything? Because Aaron Stevens watches the show like crazy. Anything to Aaron Stevens? I bad. Uh, my mistake there. Hopefully the next time everything will be all legal and ready to go. Wait a minute. There's going to be a next time? When you get married, don't you just get married once? Well, his was not legal, right? So I'm going to make sure it's legal for the next time. All right. So he, are, uh, all go the, through with uh, it. Aaron, I'm going to call Aaron. Are all the papers ready? Are all the papers ready for you? I hope so. Right. so <laughs> make sure all the signatures are there. This... Uh, 
this Saturday, February 11th, the uh, NWA has a pay-per-view called Nuff Said from Tampa Bay, Florida. We're going to get to the preview right now. A pre-show match between Misha, Kate, and Ro Rosa Negra has been added. So pre-show match, who are you calling this? I, I don't even think you've seen both of these wrestlers. Just pick one. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen uh, the any of them wrestle, so I, uh, I'll go with Misha on this one. Uh, I guess I'll be my pick. <laughs> All right, Odison versus Joe Alonso. Have you seen both of these guys? I have. Uh, you know what, Joe Alonso, to me, I think uh, we'll get the win here. We'll see how long this match gets, but uh, if it's on the pre-show, I think they'll give it a lot of time just to let their it's not a pre -show, following it's a angles. Card. The only pre-show. Yeah, so I think they'll hopefully they'll give it some time, but I, I got Joe Alonso getting a win there. All right, uh, Genocide and Max Dempaler versus Mauricio and Natalia. Yeah, this is a match where it seems like their women's division, there's ever since they had Thunder Rosa there, it was uh, all up in the air there. Like, no one knows who was going to be where uh, after that whole program. So now it's just like they're trying to find their identity in that division. I just don't see really anyone really emerge as a top challenger uh, for Camille, but. If this is uh, where they're going with this, I think uh, Natalia Markova uh, and Mauricio are going to get the winner. All right. Then you got Blake Troop and Jack Dean versus uh, Mims and Dak Draper. <laughs> yeah, uh, this one, it's another one of those other matches too where you don't know where it's going to go. Uh, I go with the bulletproof Troop there. Uh, I think his team gets to win him and Jack Stain. NWA Tag Team Titles, La Rebellion versus Blunt Force Trauma with Aaron Stevens. Yeah, wherever Aaron is involved here, that's how you know they're going to get a win. So I got Blunt Force Trauma getting the win. Uh, Aaron being a manager there of the new NWA Tag Champs. So I got La Rebellion dropping the titles. Junior Heavyweight Champion Kenny Morton versus Alex Taylor. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, Kenny Moore, Kerry Morton, sorry. Uh, him just carrying on that legacy. Uh, this is going to be Taylor. I think that cash in thing that they were doing. So uh, if they're going with that, I think Danny Deals on the outside is going to play a role. And we'll see a new champion there with Alex Taylor. Look at Giancarlo, NWA dropping the bombs there. EC3 versus Kevin Kiley, formerly. Alex Riley. Yeah, this is one good for both of them that they're in the NWA. I think EC3 needs a lot. And uh, just to get momentum back, he at one point was viewed as like a top free agent. And when WWE got him back, it just didn't really work out. He went to the main roster, didn't really work out. They weren't really using him. Now an NWA and an impact. Like, I hope this is something where it kickstarts something for him. But uh, I think EC3 should get the win here. EC, you're calling EC3 in the win there. All right. Trevor Murdoch versus Chris Adonis. Yeah, the whole master lock. Uh, Chris Adonis on Trevor Murdoch, I think, is what's going to be the end of the match. I think Trevor Murdoch, they'll have teases there that he'll break out of it, maybe squeak out a win. But I think by the end of the match, we'll see Chris win with that master lock. Tom Latimer 
versus uh, Foreigner in a, a Singapore cane match. Yeah, uh, these stipulation matches, like the whole <laughs> Singapore cane thing, that sounds like it might be a disaster, but is I'll there go ever to Tom a Canadian uh, Is there ever a Canadian cane, American cane, a Russian cane? What? Everywhere, yeah. every time they say Singapore cane. Like, are, are all canes made in Singapore? Uh, I think Tom Nimmer gets a win. I'm not expecting... Uh, a clinic here of uh, of wrestling. I think this is going to be a short one, and Tom Latimer gets a quick win. And a ladies title on the line. Camille, who is like Roman Reigns, never loses, taking on Angelina Love, good friend of mine, in a no-DQ match. Yeah, I think this will be a long match. I don't see Angelina Love winning it. Uh, I see Camille getting the win, probably go through some adversity during the match where it looked like Angelina Love is going to get the win, get the title, but I think Camille ends up getting her hand raised. NWA national champion Siron defends against Homicide. Yeah, Homicide back in the fold in NWA. Uh, Boston Idol involved. Uh, I think he's going to play a role in this, maybe interference for the manager. I think Sion retains. All right, and then the main event of Nuff Said. Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, but he can't even get the trade name of Zack Ryder, with Bully Ray on commentating, defends against Tyrus for the NWA title. Now it's a no DQ, no DQ and uh, you have to win, and they can kill each other, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh, I think Tyrus gets a win here. Bully Ray being on commentary, I think, is a little interesting. Uh, I think Tyrus beats Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona, even though he isn't able to get that Zack Ryder uh, name there, trademark. He'll eventually be Zack Ryder uh, after WrestleMania when he goes whoa, back whoa, to WWE. Whoa. So uh, I got Tyrus retaining. All right, that's the NWA Nuts pay-per-view this Saturday, uh, 8 p.m. from Tampa Bay, Florida. I mentioned when we started out the show, we have good news and some bad news. That's actually not bad, not that bad news. Jerry the King Lawler this week suffered a stroke. Uh, he could not... Uh, he was paralyzed for a little bit. He still has a problem uh, speaking. Uh, but, you know, what happened in Montreal, they're coming back to Montreal in a week. He had a heart attack on the year, and that was, what, 2011, right? So that's 12 years ago, 12 years ago. And now uh, hopefully he comes back and everything like that. So uh, speedy recovery to Jerry the King Waller. Anything you want to add? Yeah, just the uh, same thing there. Uh, very unfortunate when you see those kind of uh, headlines pop up and just that he was recently on TV not too long ago. So that's he was at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, so it is unfortunate. And uh, when you see the positive news come up, hopefully uh, for a speedy recovery there. Yeah, and uh, SummerSlam has been uh, named at Ford Field in Detroit on Saturday, August 5th. Look for Toronto to get the Raw after it on Monday, August 7th. All right, Giancarlo, tell everybody how they could get a hold of you. You'll be back for the UFC On Guard show where we preview UFC 284, but go ahead. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, John underscore forward one, Instagram, Giancarlo underscore Alino, and check out my articles on fireupnetwork.ca. All right, Giancarlo, thanks a lot. You got uh, about an hour to go get my present. That's Giancarlo Alino on the uh, wrestling show slash on the mat wrestling show. And don't forget NWA Nuff Said pay-per-view this Saturday, 
February 11th from Tampa Bay, Florida. Now, speaking from Tampa Bay, Florida, once again, I throw it to uh, Steve Carney, who gives his thoughts on the world of professional wrestling. Steve, I actually talked to Leaping Lenny Poffel. He tells you about that story right now. Turn off Trish Stratus on Raw as she comes back in Montreal next premier live event, not pay-per-view, not pay-per-view, premier live event, Elimination Chamber in Montreal Saturday. It will be Damage Control, Bailey, Eel Sky, Dakota Kai, up against Becky Lynch, up against Lita, and up against Trish Stratus. Are you excited, Steve? Sure. I keep your excitement to yourself, Steve. Now we, uh, I got to say this. Uh, be remnants if I don't talk about this. Jerry the King Lawler uh, had a had a stroke this week. Yeah, here in here in town. Well, not technically here in town. Down in Fort Myers, it's about yeah. three hours from here. Did you hear anything about that? And also, uh, I haven't had you on in a couple weeks. So, Reaping Lanny Powell passing away last week. Also, go ahead. Steve. Yeah, yeah. The, Lanny is a guy that I know pretty well uh, from here in town. Uh, Lanny lived here in Tampa for many many years. Um, as did his brother, uh, obviously Macho Man Randy Savage, who I knew uh, as well. But uh, you know, with uh, the latest on on the King um, is what I've seen from uh, from Jimmy Hart, who visited him in the hospital, uh, which was uh, uh, you know King looked good, you know, you know, pretty good for a guy that just had a massive stroke. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, the the word is that um, while he is having some speech. Uh, issues and some uh, some feel, you know, has lost a little feeling on the right side of his body. Um, the word is that he is going to regain all of that, um, and that he is uh, expected to make a full recovery, which is fantastic uh, to hear. So I'm I'm excited uh, for that. It'll be great to see King um, when uh, the next time he's on uh, on television. I'm sure it's going to be a while now. Uh, but it w- I wouldn't be surprised that if, say, come Survivor Series, you know they don't they don't surprise everybody and say please welcome Jerry, you know WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler, and, and he comes out uh, to an enormous uh, applause because he is so beloved by everybody. But yeah, uh, from what from what Jimmy Hart um, has said, uh, you know it looks like uh, it's good news. Uh, on the on the side of the king. Now for Lanny Poffo, I was floored when when I found out that that he had died because um, I had just heard from him a couple of weeks ago. Um, Lanny uh, was living in South America, um, in Ecuador uh, of all places, because you know cost of living is very very cheap down there. Um, and uh, every time I saw Lanny. He had a different, uh, a different, a different like twenty-five-year-old Ecuadorian girl on his arm. I was like, "Good for you, man!" Uh, but uh, you know, this is a guy that you know, like I said, two, three weeks ago, yeah, was 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 all over social media. Like, like I saw, I saw Lanny on on Facebook, and I was like, "Dude!" Like, he's, he's talking about how great he felt. So, um, did they even say what how he died or why he died? Uh, no, I, I've not, I have not heard a cause, uh, for Lanny, but, uh, you know, I, I just, it's, it's so sad because, you, you know, 
you know, he was the last of the, of the Pafos, you know, yeah. he was the one, like I, I reached out to him. He always uh, put something out on Facebook whenever it was like his mother's birthday. He yeah, adored, he adored uh, his mother. Judy was, you know, was just amazing. Uh, and, and lived to be like 95, which, yeah. you know, I always thought, you know, if, if, because Angelo was, was around for as long as he was, I mean, Angelo was in his nineties, I yeah. believe. And, and Judy was like 95 when, when she passed away. So, um, I figured, I figured Lanny would be around for a while and for him to, to be gone, uh, as young as he was, and, you know, 60, you know, late sixties is, is young. Uh, even, you know, I know for, for wrestlers, that's an old, you know, that's, that's a long life, but, um, I figured, I figured he would be around for at least another 10 or 15 years. Yeah. And, uh, we're going from the King to a genius. Now I got to talk also in Clearwater, Tampa area. It looks like Hogan is not feeling his legs. He's walking around with a cane. That's, that's the latest I hear. And also go ahead, Scoot. I haven't heard anything about I haven't heard anything about Terry. So, um, and I know Steve, you're Saturday, you're in Tampa. You you have been requested. I you don't know this. I've been I see the spoiler right here. You have been requested, Steve Carney. I don't know his address, but here here's the invitation, Joe. Give it to Steve Carney. You've been requested by Aaron Stevens to appear at uh, NWA Nuff Said Pay Per View in Tampa. Aaron Stevens is looking for another future wife. There may be a marriage. Santimo, Santimo has sent me this. So, Steve, here it is. I'm, I'm virtually giving you this. Listen, look, look. I'm virtually giving you this. It's from Santimo. Not to be confused with Santino. Santimo. All right? And by the way, Giancarlo screwed up. He was supposed to get all the licenses and all that. Aaron, I, I apologize for Giancarlo. What can you want from Giancarlo Alino, who's busy doing nothing for Fired Up Network and just writing for Sports Gita? Steve, any last comments? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I I, had, uh, I knew that uh, NWA was doing their uh, was doing their enough said uh, event here uh, in town. Uh, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice to see Aaron. Um, it's been a while. Uh, he wants you to so. wear eyeliner. He wants you to wear eyeliner also. That's a little, he, he knows you. that's a little much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> he knows, he knows, he knows that's a little much for me. All right, Steve, uh, as we close it out, tell everybody how they can uh, get, get a hold of you. Of course, you do the Under the Orange Roof podcast. Um, is still under Orange Roof or, or is it because who knows the roof what is, the roof is now? The roof is still orange at this place. Uh, and I would assume that it's going to be orange at the new place as well but you can always catch me i am at steve carney as i point at it on my lower third uh and then of course st pete9.com you can see it on the crawl going across as you're watching this uh for all tampa bay rays uh news you can get daily updates on the rays from rays game day now from valley sports as well all right that's one of the best and steve i'm gonna call you monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday what, what, what are you, baseball? Come on. Baseball. I need to talk to an executive. I need to ask him how my hair is, how my eyebrow is, and everything like that. But, Steve, since most likely I won't have you on next week, all right? Next week. And, and you're the man I always go to. You're the man. I, I know Emily may be right there, but I'm going to ask you this question. I, and I'm serious here. Next week, February 14th, Valentine's Day, right? Yep. I asked you, what is your go-to 
for for Super Bowl? What's your go-to for Valentine? Because I know Emily has told me. Emily has told me. Every year he gets me the same thing. Gets me the same thing. All right? Corned beef sandwich. I don't want corned beef sandwich. I want chocolate, she says. All right? So go ahead. Go ahead and uh, tell me what's your go-to Valentine's present. Uh, My my go-to Valentine's present normally for Emily is uh, to get out of her way. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is right here, man. Hold on. I hear Emily there. Is, is, is that something you always want, Emily? Is is that is that something you always want? Is, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> but normally normally I'm at normally I'm at uh, uh, normally I'm at spring training. Hold on. I, I do you ever get her earring? Jewelry. Yes. Do I do I do I? Yes, do you? I don't even think you spent uh, in twenty-five years. Have you even spent a dollar on roses? Of course I have. Really? When? Come here. Let me ask Come here. When's the last time? When's the last time Steve Carney got you some roses? Red, blue, yellow. Oh, she's not wearing. She's not wearing it right now. Um, she, she, I was. I was gonna. I was going to uh, tell her to 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 display her Stanley Cup ring. Uh, All right, enough. Emily, I love you, but like, look, get off with this guy, Stanley Cup ring. I don't know what what that is. Hold, hold on a second. You're going to see it in here. Oh, get it on, man. hon. Oh, my gosh. What a way to end this off. This is my birthday present. Wait, wait, you, wait, you, wait, you mean this this, ma- this massive thing on her, on her finger? Look at this. How's that? No, you know what? You're never on <laughs> Fired Up Network again. No, that's it. It better say next. That's it. I'm out of here. I just got fired. But honestly, Steve, uh, uh, seriously, do you, some people don't do Valentine's. They, with oh, no, 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 no. She's, she, she's well taken care of for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually, usually there's some, there's some candies involved and sometimes, and usually there's some That's flowers involved. And them nice That's you eating them all. No, I, I, I have, I, I get steak. She knows better. Steak. And and what do you usually yeah. get me for Valentine's Day? Knowing that you're spending roses and candy and all that, Steve, can you be my Valentine? Well, you already put the, your hand down the pocket of Aaron Judge. Come on. No. No. All right. That's you're not my type, type, Joe. I'm not, not a big fan. Not a big fan of mustaches. Listen, this is not a mustache. This is, this is. A, I don't know what this is. A chia pet or something. All right, St- uh, Steve Carney, one of the best. Enjoy the Super Bowl. There. And who are you picking? The Eagles, right? Eagles. 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 Minus one and a half. All right, and don't forget to get your umbrella, Ella, Ella, Ella. Thanks a lot, Steve. Thank you. That's uh, once again Steve Carney from uh, Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg. Giving his take in the wrestling world. We're going to close up Fired Up Live, the flagship show of the Fired Up Network, with once again Giancarlo Alino as we preview UFC 284 this Saturday from Perth, Australia. Giancarlo and I preview that good card. Here is the um, UFC on guard show. Hey everybody, this is Joseph Hasek, and welcome to the Fired Up Network. Welcome to Fired Up Live. Welcome to UFC On Guard. Guess who's back? It's Giancarlo Alino. Giancarlo, get my birthday present yet? Yeah, it's on the way. <laughs> FedEx. On the way to when? Did you get it or not? What do you mean on the way? 
Hopefully FedEx gives it to you by your next birthday. Listen, if it's FedEx, it's 100% guaranteed. Shout out to Patricia. Say hello to Patricia. It's my future wife. Say hello. Hello. All right. Enough from you. Don't go after my future wife like other people. All right. So let's talk about UFC 284 happening Saturday. Is it Sunday in Perth, Australia? I don't know if it's Sunday, if it's Saturday, whatever. 10 p.m. And let's get to the early prelims. Let's go with uh, a couple matches. What In the early prelims, which ones do you want to talk about? Yeah, there's only really one here that I'm looking forward to. It's that uh, women's strawweight fight, Loma. Look, Bon, me, and uh, Elise Reed. Reed there. That's an interesting one because you look at that division and you look at both their respective records. Like, they have an op- opportunity there to just really get some, like, name recognition. This is going to be in Perth, Australia. You have both of these women coming out. And I think this could be a low-key fight that uh, boosts their status there. And I'm going to go with uh, Look, Bon, me to get the win. Uh, just, I think the striking is going to play a factor here, and uh, I see her getting the win there. So that's uh, that's one of uh, the matches, uh, early pre-show matches that you want to talk about. Let, let's, uh, I'll just throw in one more match here. Let's go with the main event of the early prelims: Jack Jenkins versus Don. Uh, who are you calling in this one? Uh, of course, Jenkins from Australia. Yeah, I have Jack Jenkins getting the win. I think it's going to be uh, good for him, have the crowd behind him there. I think they'll show up early. Uh, once they see that the early prelims feature an Australian on it, I think they'll all want to rally behind him. So I think he'll get – I don't think it'll be a full, like, stoppage right away. I think there's going to be some nerves early on, but I do see him getting the win. All right, let's uh, go to the prelims. Uh, which boat are you excited about? I like the main event there, that prelims. Tyson Pedro is uh, a fighter there that has like just a lot in that division where another win extends his winning streak to three straight. Like His last loss was to Shogun Hua in 2018. Uh, took some time off. Uh, came back only last year, so that's four years off almost. And he's looked really good. Both finishes and back-to-back fights there. So if he wins, I think the light heavyweight division might see him uh, come out uh, outside the top 15 he's still young uh, he's got some time there but coming out of that city kickboxing team I think there's uh, a lot of promise there with Tyson Pedro and of course Tyson again from Australia so he he'll have the home crowd advantage there so that should be interesting again uh, the early prelims for this uh, takes on UFC fight uh, pass at uh, 6 p.m on Saturday the prelims on TSN at 8 p.m. And, of course, the pay-per-view happens at 10 p.m. Again, from Australia, let's get to the main card, light heavyweight boat. And uh, what do you have in this one? Number 12 versus unranked. But uh, uh, Jimmy looks, again, from Australia, looks like he should prevail in this one. Yeah, I know there's a lot of hype there on Alonzo Menfield, but... Like Jimmy Crude, I think uh, when you just see his record, like I know the two losses, he's on a two-fight losing streak, but when you look who he lost to, it was a doctor stoppage to Anthony Lionheart Smith. And his recent loss, I know it was 48 seconds, but it was against the now light heavyweight champion. So I think Jim Crude gets back on track here. Uh, I think he gets a win probably somewhere along the lines of a second-round knockout, I'm saying. I don't think it'll be a first round. I think it'll go back and forth. 
but uh, I do see Jim Crew getting back on track. How about uh, the next boat? Uh, it's a heavyweight boat, and uh, a guy from New Zealand, Justin Taffa versus Parker Porter. Yeah, this is one where, like, Parker Porter, I know the age is, uh, might play a factor. He's 37 there, and going against a guy like Justin Taffa, who's 29, uh, trying to make a name for himself. And he's also a guy that it might favor him more, just the matchup. And I do see him getting the win. It's probably going to be one round. I wouldn't expect this to go uh, the distance. It's a heavyweight fight, and uh, both of these guys are huge. Uh, they don't come off as guys that just make the weight. It's like they have to cut down. And you saw Taffa last fight, he missed weight. So this is going to be over, I think, in one round. In one round, so you said it's a first round. All right, so in the next bout, welterweight bout, Randy Brown taking on Jack Della. And uh, Della, again, from Australia, and uh, Brown from Jamaica. Yeah, I have Jack Della, Madalena getting the win here. It's, I think this is going to be a big performance for him. Uh, ever since he made his debut on the Contender Series, got the contract, he's undefeated in the UFC, uh, all first-round finishes, and... I think he continues that. Like he has 11 knockouts and 13 of his wins, so that's a great finishing rate. I think he continues that, and he's going to be a guy in this whole division that everyone's going to look at after this event. Perth, Australia. Uh, he's in that welterweight division. He can go to middleweight, I think, even if he wanted to. But I think he's a prospect that uh, delivers. I don't think we'll see a Patty Pimblet type performance out of him. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's hope we don't see that performance because that that uh, no, nobody wants to see that again. All right, co-main event, featherweight interim title, Rodriguez versus Emmett. This should be, no pun intended, a slobber knocker. Yeah, this is a really good fight. I'm surprised that they made this uh, Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. I think Arnold Allen, a lot of people thought, would have been that guy, but... Emmett deserves it. Uh, he's going after a top fighter who has an exciting style. He can throw things all over the place sometimes, and he's unorthodox where he can catch him with a spinning heel kick. So I think Yuri Rodriguez has uh, the advantage here. I think he wins an interim title, and uh, he earns himself a, either a unification bout, depending on what happens, or I think he even defends it if uh, whatever happens in the main event doesn't really go against the odd makers what they're saying so i got yari rodriguez being the interim champion and in the main event of uh, ufc 284 this saturday february 11th 10 p.m the pay-per-view starts it's champ versus champ who's coming out as the champ <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> volkanovsky is uh right now coming up and trying to do what conor mcgregor did and uh, be a two-division champion and hold both the featherweight and lightweight titles at the same time I know a lot of people are just assuming Islam Makachev is going to take him down and beat him easily, but I'll uh, go with the upset here. I'll go Alexander Volkanovsky beats Islam Makachev. Really? And what, and do you really think that you know Makachev, who's been really, really on a roll here, is going to lose maybe by knockout, or is it at a, a five-round decision? I'll go with the finish. I'll go Volkanovsky catches him. And uh, the home crowd there in Australia goes crazy. Uh, Volkanovski gets a title, and uh, maybe we see a rematch. But uh, I think Yair Rodriguez winning the interim title, uh, I think he defends that. And Volkanovski 
and Makachev run it back again. All right, so that's uh, UFC 284 this Saturday from Perth, Australia. Now getting uh, some just UFC news, and then we'll close it out. You talked about Connor. It looks like a match is set for the, I guess, summertime, let's put it that way. Connor McGregor coming back to the octagon. Tell everybody against who and who's your call in that one. Uh, yeah, he's going to be taking on Michael Chandler. Uh, they're going to be coaching the Ultimate Fighter. And uh, I think this will probably be end of August or end of September type of thing, depending on what happens on the Ultimate Fighter and when they want to actually do the fight. So I don't know it, if it's at 170 pounds and uh, they both turn into a striking battle, maybe Conor McGregor gets it done. But if Michael Chandler just uh, takes advantage and knows that you know what, I've uh, got this fight now. I'm just going to go back to what made me uh, this high-caliber fighter and use this wrestling. I go Michael Chandler. So if Michael Chandler wins, is McGregor heading to the WWE? Because he can't – what is there left? Would you want to see a WWE bout between Paul and McGregor? Oh, no. <laughs> I wouldn't want to see that. Uh, I think – Whoever loses this, it wouldn't really matter because if they're going to have this as a welterweight boat and uh, they're both primarily lightweights, I think both of them can spin it where, yeah, it was just a, a fight at 170 pounds. I think uh, Conor McGregor can find another opponent that he can beat. And uh, Chandler, if he loses, I think he can just go back down the lightweight and find maybe a top seven, top eight guy and fight him next. All right. Uh, since we last did uh, an MMA or UFC show, we found out that John Jones is back. John Jones next month takes on. Well, this is this is a boat that. Uh, did you want to see this boat, or did you want to see him against Steve Edge or somebody else? Yeah, I think everyone wanted to see him fight Francis Ngannou, but Ngannou decline the UFC's offer and uh he wants to take advantage of being a free agent doesn't mean he doesn't like he's out of the UFC completely he can always go back but I think they want to do uh John Jones him getting the title him fight Stipe Miocic again in the summer and maybe by then Francis Ngannou will be done with his boxing and uh he'll want to go and fight back in the UFC so it's all going to come down to what Francis Ngannou wants to do all right, and finally, let's get to Bellator. Have we seen the last of the Russian bear, Fedor Almelianko? Yeah, I hope so. Like, he's 46 years old. Uh, he lost to Bader. Well, I'm, I'm 49 now, now. Come on, I still have, you know, like, come on, 46. Don't say because he's old. He's old. He doesn't, he's too slow. He's not a bear no more. He's more like that, like a cat. Yeah, he doesn't need to fight anymore. Like I think we saw with Bader, like it was nice. Like I know they wanted to give him other fights. Like Anderson Silva's name was thrown out there, and they wanted to just go in other directions. But Fader wanted the title fight. They gave it to him. The rematch with Bader, and it went longer than the first fight. But Bader still got his hand raised. So it was a nice moment there with the legends all coming out in the cage with them. And I think that was a perfect send off. I don't think he needs to fight again. All right, uh, Giancarlo Lino, tell everybody how they could get a hold of you. And Giancarlo, I get millions and millions of questions from a guy named Marty Roberts. You know him? Anyways, uh, he, he says, what's happening with the soccer show? How come he doesn't see Giancarlo, John Nelson, and Carmen Asako? I do not want to answer this question. So you, 
because I'm the producer, I'm sort of co-host producer, and I'm getting fed up of people saying that, oh, and then they got soccer practice and this practice and that practice. All right, do you want to answer this question? The only way I can answer is I have no idea. So, right. <laughs> so not, it's not uh, your fault, right? You're, you're saying it's not your fault. And it's not John Nelson's fault. So we And go, it's not Carmen Asako's fault. So I don't to, know. <laughs> well, listen, listen, listen. You at least sent me a birthday greeting, even though you didn't send me any cash, any any Tim Horton Tim bits or, or anything. FedEx like should uh, I don't know if it's all don't FedEx. Blame FedEx. No, I said, have, uh, FedEx uh, Patricia's there takes care of me, all right? Take care of me. But uh, Carmen Asako failed, failed to take me to Nino Diversa, failed to even text me, failed to call me. This is on Carmen Asako right now, all right? We'll, I'll deal with Carmen. We'll have a face-to-face off here, hopefully, on the soccer show. But John Carl will tell everybody how they could get a hold of you. Yeah, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at John underscore 411, Instagram, Giancarlo underscore Alino, and check out my articles on firedomnetwork.ca and sportskeeda.com. What do you have on Sportskeeda? Like, uh, I, I, last time I seen you wrote an MMA or wrestling article was back in December. So what have you wrote in, in, in the meantime for Sportskeeda that you can't write here? Oh, I wrote a Fedor article on uh, firedomnetwork.ca on oh. Saturday night. So, <laughs> but that's a week old already. Come on, I want you to write an article on why the president of the provinces of Canada will kick the Russian bear. All right, who's Talk a Russian bear? Better <laughs> Emilienko. Oh, the last emperor. Forty-nine. Yeah, I call him Russian bear now. Forty-nine versus forty-six. Would you want to see that pay-per-view? Yeah, sure. If uh, whoever wants to dish out the money to put that together, all power to them. All right. That's Giancarlo Lino. Thanks a lot, Giancarlo. Thanks. Well, that will conclude another outstanding edition of the flagship show, Fired Up Live here on the Fired Up Network. Don't forget, Fired Up Network, also fam part of Fired Up Network. I'd like to thank Courtney Riddle, Renaissance Mama, also, Samantha Walters with Black History Month, uh, Drew Ebanks, Anthony Kay with the NBA Jump Ball, NBA Trade Deadline coverage, uh, Steve Carney, his thoughts on Major League Baseball, Steve Carney once again with his thoughts on wrestling, and Giancarlo Alino with both um Rest, the wrestling show on the Matt Wrestling Show, a preview of NWA Enough Said this Saturday night, February 11th from Tampa, and a preview of UFC 284 from Perth, Australia. Now, tomorrow, tune in to the Fired Up Network as you can hear us and see us at 11.30. There may be or may not be a soccer show between 11.30 and noon. And then later on in the day, we're going to have at least an hour and a half, maybe two hours of Super Bowl 57 pre-game coverage all here on the Fired Up Network. And once again, we're now on Whirl, WURL.com. Over 300 million TVs are watching us. Hi, Ruku. Hi, other companies. And uh, Whirl, we're so excited to be off Whirl. 
WURL.com. And once again, I'd like to take this special opportunity and uh, wish this past week, uh, February 2nd, good friend of mine, Jack Cassassi's birthday, February 3rd, uh, Norm DaCosta and uh, Howard Berger, February 4th, Nina Mbihi, uh, February 5th, a uh, good friend of mine, Joe Benchlush's kid's birthday, February 6th, Alan Small's birthday, February 8th, as I mentioned several times, referee for Daniel, that referee for Fired Up Network, Daniel Spencer, uh, Marty Roberts, Old Lefty 22, and as well, myself, I'd like to thank uh, my family, my sister, her husband, the kids, uh, my mom, dad, great presence, great uh, thank, and everybody who uh, sent out email, text, phone call, Facebook message, uh, say wishing happy birthday. Also, like to thank my girlfriend Patricia, who went out of her way uh, yesterday to show how much uh, she loves the president of the provinces of Canada, the mayor of North America. And uh, also, I want to thank Alexis for her gift and everything like that. And um, for people who didn't call, didn't text, didn't email, shame, shame on you. Birthdays are meant to be celebrated. We don't know if we're going to last another year, another day, another hour. Why can't you just call, text, anything like that? Shame on you. Uh, also, today, Courtney Riddell's birthday. We saw her on Renaissance Mama, other uh, cousin Heather's birthday. And uh, don't forget, February 12th is the Super Bowl. February 14th it is Valentine's Day. And next Thursday, there will be. I know some of you fans have asked me, will there be another Fired Up Live next week since it's your sister's birthday, February 16th. And, of course, being you who set up the example, you're the president of the provinces of Canada, the mayor of Lek of North America, who sets the example, who's the better-looking one in the Pasic family, who grinds, who hustles, who does everything. Will there be a Fired Up Live? The answer is yes. Simple. Yes. If if this was my sister, who's turning 47, looks good for 47, let me tell you, all right? Well, if this was my sister, she had to do her hair, her makeup, and work on some woodworking and everything like that. But uh, next week's next week. Till tomorrow, where we'll hopefully be doing a soccer show. If not, we'll be doing a Super Bowl 57 preview. The Eagles, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. Andy Reid, Seriani. It's going to be a good, good game. Big ups for that game. Hopefully we'll see a lot of smash in your face, in your face smashes. The NFL Super Bowl and NFL Honors just occurred today. We'll have all the details tomorrow. I bid you adieu. That means goodbye. Hasta luego. Sayonara. Shalom. I don't know how many other languages I could say goodbye in, but till tomorrow, have a great evening.